I want to I want to offer you something. Okay. Do I need like a pen or something? You probably need a chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's where you normally are. You know, it's like and I know you love what we do, um, and you're a part of the team, big big time. And people in the organization really enjoy you, and fans all over the world really enjoy you being you. You know. And I, you know you, you can't find anyone. I can't imagine back in the day Bob Costas standing up on a desk and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you're you, you know, and that's why it works, you know. And uh, so w with that, it's like I I like to offer you a, an opportunity to actually wrestle at WrestleMania. Oh, it'd be a dream, boss. In the ring. Now it's it would be the difference though when you played for the Colts. It'd be the difference of like okay. You're the punter. Okay. But now, in the ring, you're going to be a linebacker. 24 tackles in the NFL. No big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be a fucking dream, obviously. And by the way, there's been a lot of chatter on the internet about me getting back into the ring and wrestling at WrestleMania. And I've had so many torn, conflicted feelings because, you know... I'm out of shape. I am out of shape. I, I, there's a lot of vitamins that go into these lungs, Vince, and like the, the, the things coming up. But WrestleMania is something I've obviously stolen from you. By the way, back in the day, we'd go to whoever had the black box would steal WrestleMania. Uh -huh. So sorry about that. I probably owe you like seven, eight, ninety-nine or something like that for that whole thing. But obviously, it is the standard at WrestleMania. I would love to. That'd be an absolute honor. See, in the ring, we'll find some worthy opponent for you. Put you in the ring. Oh, wow. Awesome. Holy shit. Hey, huh? Did you yep. see the ring when you walked by, by the way? I did. I was impressed you have your own ring. Yeah, I got it. It looks like a standard WA ring. Well, listen, I don't know if that's how hard your rings are, but goddamn, that thing hurts. Like <laughs> that thing hurts like hell. This is incredible, by that's the way. Awesome. Is this a real deal? I mean, are we really. Yep. No, I don't bullshit. I don't, <laughs> I don't do that. Let's, Let's go. go. Here we go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Woo! Let's go, dude. Huh? Huh? What? 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 Hey, I got a big right hand. What? What? Big right foot. What? Wait till I bring that goddamn knee out. What? And then the millions. And millions! The people will go banana lands when that left with the rolling on it comes from the pocket. Paul right in the kisser! What? Hey, that's awesome, man. I'm pretty excited. I think it'll work. What do you guys think? I, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll work. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you versus Taker? Jeez. <laughs> no, let's go. I don't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the most stupendous WrestleMania in the history of WrestleManias. That's not a lot of days away. No. No. Better get working. Yeah. All right. Start running. Yeah. Let's go ahead and wake him up. <laughs> wake him up. I'll be a part of that. That is an honor. And I appreciate that's that. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Can the boys ask you a couple uh, questions? Hell yeah. Fire away, guys. Hey, man, that's really cool. That's yeah. awesome. I got, this aura, I got this aura ring on. Right. It'll tell me my heart rate. You know, I assume whenever you're like, uh, I'd like to make an offer to you. My <laughs> shit just went right up to I was excited. Good. Thank Great. you so much, you're man. Good. That's yeah. awesome. That's Thank you. That's fucking awesome. Now, I will have to handle the business side of it, of course, but that is an entire other conversation, and we'll figure it out. You're listening to another episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast with your host, the Main Event Player, the Super Sea Kid himself, Furman Taurus, the God Among Gods, the King Among Kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth, and this episode is sponsored by my good friends at Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes, the legend continues, and also sponsored by Emo Night. We begin the show right now.
Welcome to another great edition of the Main Event Talk Podcast. I'm your host, the Main Event Player, the Super C Kid himself, Farmer Torres, coming back at you. The God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. And just in case you don't know what just happened just a few moments ago, that was Vince McMahon with an interview from Pat from the Pat McAfee Show. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Pat McAfee Show. And not only that, we're also going to talk about the possibility of Pat McAfee wrestling at WrestleMania. And that's going to be a part of the WrestleMania report right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. Now, besides that, and besides that bit of news, we've got a lot of other news we need to talk about. We've got two events that are going to take place this weekend. Now, as this episode is being released, it's being released on a Saturday. One event that's going to be taking place tonight besides the UFC event will also take place Impact Wrestling Sacrifice. That's going to be taking place tonight, and the main event's going to be reviewing all of the matches and give you the winners and losers and all the matches of that particular event that's going to take place on Saturday. Now, tomorrow will be AEW's Revolution. That's right. We're going to cover all the matches, and I'm going to give you my takes on all of them, including CM Punk versus MJF in the dog collar match. That's going to take place at AEW's Revolution uh, tomorrow. The main event is going to be looking forward to reviewing that match and much, much more. And uh, hopefully next week we'll be able to do an aftermath of not just Sacrifice, but also Revolution as well. And we are also on the road to WrestleMania. A few new matches have been added to WrestleMania, which we will cover on our WrestleMania report and much, much more. Also, on this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast, and I've got some, well, it's not really huge news, but it's been viral, well, it hasn't really gone viral in in most ways, but this has been talked about. Now, we know that WrestleMania is going to take place on April 2nd, April 3rd, over in Dallas, Texas, but there's going to be a former WWE superstar who's going to be performing over at Boozer's. Some of you guys probably know who that is, but just in case you don't know, we will talk about, we will mention who this individual is in just a moment. And plus, we got some latest info of what's going on, of course, with Rich's Billiards. We've also got some more info with Boozers, including Malevolent Creation, because they're going to be coming over to Corpus Christi as well. That's the big scene, and that's the big sign that's going to be happening, and everything else like that, so... Should be tremendous. So we've got a lot of wrestling we're going to be covering. We've got a lot of stuff that's going to be happening in the next few hours in this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Now, we're going to get into it, but before we get into Rich's Billiards and before we get into any of the stuff that we need to get into, there's something that we got to cover right here, and this is some huge news, and this happened just a few days ago. And I previously covered this on an episode of the Main Event Talk podcast about a couple of weeks ago, I think. Um, Let me see if I can look for it right here, right now. Now, most of you guys have probably heard about the story, but just in case, let me go ahead and get this out of the way. Let me look into this. Here we go. Perfect. This is exactly what I was looking for. Now all I need to do is type in the word, and here we go. Great. Now, as I mentioned about a couple of weeks ago, 
I did a report on uh, on what was going on in the world of metal, and we know that um, drummer James Murphy had left Testament, and uh, and I guess decided to go his own path and everything. So, just a couple of days ago, everyone's been wondering who was going to replace James Murphy in Testament, and believe it or not, it was just announced. Now I was I saw this on Facebook and I thought this was the most funniest thing I've ever seen. Where uh, I saw a, a pic of uh, it was a testament, a drummer to be announced, and the person uh, that was obviously it was a picture of James Murphy, but it had Animal in the front and covering up the drummer. Now for those that wonder what I'm talking about, uh, if you go to Facebook or if you go to the Alex Skolnick Facebook page, there's this picture of the band but only the four members you see. The fifth member would be the drummer and it shows a picture of Animal, right? So uh, this announcement was around, I think a couple of days ago and it was announced and I wanna go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, let me see if we can, can we play it here? Um, I don't think, I'm not sure if I can play the music here, but let me go ahead and get this out of the way here. Uh, let me see, can we... Actually, it's not playing anything. Unless I'm... Nope, <laughs> sorry. It's not doing that. Okay, anyways. But just go ahead and get the cat out of the bag. We know that James Murphy had left Testament. And the man that is replacing James Murphy of Testament is none, none other than former Slayer drummer and also ex-Testament drummer... Dave Lombardo is replacing James Murphy in Testament. Now, for those that have kept up with Testament, for those that know what's going on in the world of metal, you know that back in 1999, they released an album out called The Gathering, right? Now, in that album contain, uh, contain uh, drummer Dave Lombardo. He, w he was only briefly there for that particular album, and I'm not sure what else it took place, but let me see if I can... Uh, can we play this, first of all? I think we can, but let me see if we can try and get this out of the way here. Can, can we... God damn it. Let me play this. Here we go. Um, okay... Okay, apparently nothing's happening. Because uh, I was trying to play... I don't know if I was trying to play the music or I was playing some shit, but it didn't do anything here. So it says, follow Dave Lombardo. Okay, anyways. <sighs> Let me go ahead and read the news here. It says here that news that the atomic clock... Jen... Um, says here... News that atomic clock... Uh, Gene Hooglin... I'm sorry. Was... um. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, okay, I'm not. I may be reading this wrong here, but let me let me see if I can read this again here. The news of the atomic clock. Gene was stepping down as Testament's drummer. Was the profound bummer. He uh, he radiates nothing but positivity. Walking, drumming ray of sunshine, and his skills behind the kit 
help add excitement, new dynamics of the group's sound over the last decade with the legendary drummer Dave Lombardo, who was a part of the band at the time, as I mentioned. Back in the fold, however, a dream scenario of countless fans has now become reality. Now, let me continue reading this next part of the deal here, and I think I just talked about this already. It says here, This isn't Dave Lombardo's first tour of duty with Testament. It's actually the second time he's replaced Hoagland. Hoagland, I think that's his name. In the iconic Bay Area act, after initially joining in 1998, which that was true because, you know, I remember uh, Dave Lombardo actually joined in 98 and he would actually become a part of the album, which we're about to talk about here. Following up um, Hoagland's contributions to Demonic with an outstanding hubbling performance on The Gathering... Let's see here. It says here, former drummer, former Slayer drummer, who also uh, accompanies the drum stool in many, many other bands, Suicidal Tendencies, Misfits, um, Mr. Bungle, uh, Dead Cross, and uh, Fantamos, I think I remember those bands, uh, departed in 1999 through and since then. Fans have wondered what a reunion would sound like after all the gathering perhaps testament's most aggressive fury um record in their career now let me let me go ahead and stop right there because uh because obviously we're going to get into some testament in just a moment uh the demonic and and, and i'll call like i see it Uh, i followed testament's career for a long long time i am a huge fan of all of their records um I, I mostly have all their records anyway. Uh, I think after Low, because Low was one of their, um, was definitely an aggressive album. And it did not, I, I know Alex, Skol, Alex Skolnick and Louis Clemente were the the founding members of the band, but had left right after uh, The Ritual, right? So Low would come out and Low would be one of their probably one of their best and if not one of their heaviest albums demonic back in 1996 was not only brutal and heavy it also brought like a a whole death metal side to testament that was just completely out of nowhere right so the gathering would be not only aggressive it would also bring testament back to the forefront as uh, as a, a tremendous thrash band but with the addition of dave lombardo it made that album just as iconic D- demonic would be heavy but this one really brought the roots of testament out as far as i'm concerned the gathering i, I the gathering is one of my favorite albums one of my favorite songs off that album besides dnr which you know i've just revealed the song so <laughs> Besides that one, there's another song I like there called A True Believer. That's one of my favorite songs. So uh, let me read into this a little bit more. In our exclusive interview, this is on uh, Loudwire from, uh, let's see. Yeah, well, I I, I would play it, but I don't want to. But anyways, uh, in our exclusive interview with Lombardo, the founding guitarist, Eric Peterson, it was even revealed that they, as well as singer Chuck Billy, have been entertaining the idea of playing the full album live with most of the recording lineup 
save James Murphy, who had been who had been on the out with Alex Skolnick still in tow. And uh, I think James James Murphy is he the drummer or the guitar player? I think Gene was the Gene. Okay, so James was the one that played guitar and left the band. I think I'm I'm maybe mistaken here. And Gene was the one that played drums. Because I remember Louis Clemente was uh, was the drummer, was the original drummer. I, I think there was somebody else, but I, I don't want to get into whole detail about that. But let me continue on with uh, let me continue on with this whole deal and everything. Um, that all still sounds like more of a pipe dream. One of the hundreds of what if scenarios mentioned in general conversations between mutual. Uh, mutually respected musicians for now it's all smiles and the attention of everyone in testament is getting a set hailed down in rehearsal for an upcoming the bay strikes back tour that has been thwarted multi-times by the pandemic which was back in 2000 and 20. Now, <clears throat> continuing on right here. Testament will embark on a headlining North American run. A long time thrash uh, <clears throat> allies Exodus, one of my all-time favorite bands, and Death Angel, another all-time favorite. This April, uh, see dates here, which we'll, we'll probably look into in a moment. It also says, and right before the first rehearsal together, with a new lineup, Lombardo and Peterson spoke with Loudwire, which I'm reading on right now on the website, uh, about the new change, what lies ahead, and what about the past makes this reunion so invigorating. When did, and, and it says here, here's a question right here, it says here, when did Testament realize that the schedule conflicts with Gene, that a change in the lineup was needed? Um, reading through this interview here, it says here, uh, Eric Peterson, this is what he said. The whole pandemic has thrown everyone under the bus in the whole industry. I wouldn't blame anyone for anything. It's unfortunate that everyone had to pick and choose what they needed to do. And that's uh, what was read right here. And I think it also said, it says here, Gene had a lot of stuff planned that would have been after the touring, but we started booking a lot of stuff and he had a lot he wanted to do and rightfully so. Our schedules didn't match up. We couldn't sacrifice Testament to wait on him to finish what he's doing because that would be, that would have been another year and a half. We agreed to agreed uh, we agreed to agree to do what we both needed to do. Now that was a comment from uh, Eric Peterson of Testament. Another question that was brought up is do you have a short list of potential drummers in mind? Were you going to hold auditions? All right, that was the question right here. Uh, more, and this is more from Eric Peterson also. Says, uh, we had a short list of a lot of videos came in. 
a lot of kids out there that are badass. We had a couple of people in mine, and one of them is right here. I talked to Chuck the other day before the announcement, and Dave's name came up. We were announced that uh, Gene was leaving the band. All of the comments, it says here, all the comments, social media were Lombardo, 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 Paul Bostaff, Lombardo, Lombardo, John Tempesta, who was also another uh, part of the band as well, uh, Lombardo, Lombardo. We thought Lombardo was easily busy, and Chuck called me and said, hey, guess who just called me? Uh, Lombardo called him up. Uh, the next question was, uh, how did you find out that Gene had left Dave? Uh, uh, okay, how did you find out that Gene had left Dave? And this is the response from Dave Lombardo. Uh, I just woke up and my wife nudged me and said, hey, Gene left Testament. And I said, oh, really? Why are you, why are you telling me? And laughs. Uh, she knows my schedule, and I immediately text Chuck, Hey, man, it's Lombardo. A real, uh, a real simple text. Uh, let's see, uh, Dead Cross and all the other stuff. Um, suicidal tendencies. Haven't been touring much lately. Mike Portnoy has been uh, taking care of himself, so my schedule is open. I have a lot of projects floating around, but they're... Uh, there's really no touring happening, so this is the perfect opportunity for most of us, the gathering members, getting back together, and for me uh, also to also get back on tour. And th and this is tremendous. This is me talking right now. This is tremendous to to finally see um, Testament get back together with Lombardo and start doing songs from the Gathering album because the Gathering album to me was one of the best albums on there like I like I mentioned before so this is pretty good this is tremendous here so uh let me continue on here uh it says here and I think this was uh more from Dave Lombardo it says here I let Mike Muir of Suicidal Tendencies know that I had to commit to these shows with Testament I'm assuming there will be more shows for suicidal i had to step out of the band for several shows because of the misfits uh mr bungle or dead cross but i'm sure he'll find somebody to fill fill in during my time away i left the door open if he needs my help and i'm available I've been off the stage for two and a half years, and that's uh, like taking away my breath. I need to play. It's part of my DNA, and I've been doing it since I was 16, 17 years old. And uh, then Eric Peterson replies, uh, we had taken, uh, we have been talking about doing a gathering tour and that's in play uh that's in play for later on uh selected dates um now lombardo continues talking and i think this is going to probably be yeah, it's probably going to be a long interview right here so we'll just we'll stop at this last part that dave lombardo says right here it says uh two and a half years i ran into chuck at the airport 
uh, somewhere in Europe, and he said, let's put the gathering back together. At the time, I was overwhelmed with other projects. Then about six months later, before the pandemic hit, we were doing some shows together for NAMM. I approached Chuck and asked him about putting the ga- uh, the gathering together whenever you guys are ready. All right, so that's uh, that's the. There's more to the interview, and uh, the, you know there are several questions in here, so it may take me a long time to read everything that's on here. But anyways, uh, yeah, Dave Lombardo is officially back with Testament, so this is going to be extremely interesting right here because for me, I'm, I've been a huge fan of Testament for a very very long time. And that hasn't changed in many, many years. I mean, I still dig Testament now as I digged Testament many, many years ago. And Testament was one of those bands, like, like I wasn't just listening to just one song. I was listening to the full album. I was listening to the entire album. When I first, when I bought uh, the first CD, and I'll go ahead and mention this, and we'll go ahead and start playing some music. The first song or the first album that I've heard fully was The Ritual, right? Uh, years ago, I think it was around, I think it was probably 1996 or 1995. I think it was one of those years. I had borrowed a CD, and I, and I think, I, I, if Roman's listening to this, I think he'll like to know about this one. When my best friend Adam was still alive, uh, I had borrowed the Ritual album from from Adam. Right, and uh, I listened to that entire album. I mean, I listened to it mostly because of "Return to Serenity," you know, because that was one of the songs. That one and "Electric Crown." I thought those were the two best al- best songs off that album. But when I had chance to listen to the entire album from the Ritual, I just said, "Holy fucking shit! This was some fucking good ass shit." And this was this was the last Testament album that featured Alex Golnick and Louis Clemente in the band. And then after that, I I guess they had creative differences at the time and they moved on to other things while Testament continued on with uh, John Tempesta and I I think Paul Bostaff maybe was in the band, I think, around that time before he joined Slayer. Uh, This was like back in 1993, 1994. And ever since then, I've I've listened to most of the Testament albums. Practice What You Preach, the entire album on that one was badass. Souls of Black was fucking badass. The Legacy was badass. New Order was badass. Um, The Gathering and uh, Demonic, both albums. I have heard full albums. And and this this is the thing, guys, and this this is something with me. There's always been one band that you listen to, but you hear them for that one song, right? But when you get an opportunity to listen to the full album, now keep in mind, you, you know who this band is and everything. It could be any band that you like, right? And you could listen to that one song and say, this is the fucking song. But when you hear the entire album, you're thinking, holy fuck, there's a lot of fucking badass songs from this album, right? And there are a lot of us that will listen to a certain band or whatever for this one song off of this certain album. And we don't even think about trying to listen to the whole album, right? For me, for me, it's completely different. Now, there are certain certain songs and certain bands that I listen to where I listen to this album and I would listen to this song or two and then that's it. 
the rest of the album, I'll try to listen to it, but it'll either be good or it'll be bad. Now, I won't mention what it is, but that's just how it goes. With Testament, it's much different because most of the albums that they've done, I mean, the, the Legacy, the uh, uh, Souls of Black, um, Practice What You Preach, uh, Demonic and The Gathering and a couple of others, you when you listen to the entire album and when you... And listen, <clears throat> you can listen to one song... And say, that's the fucking shit that's badass. But when you hear the entire album, you're going to want to hear that entire album all over again. That one song will be fine. But the entire album, yes, you've got to hear it. You've got to hear it. But anyways, uh, big congratulations go out to Dave Lombardo for reuniting uh, reuniting with the, uh, <clears throat> with the individuals involving the gathering, t- gathering tour. And I'm uh, speaking of that, and let me see if we can... Uh, uh, let me, <laughs> I want to try and look at the tour here real quick. Uh, ah, here we go. Okay. So I'm trying to click on the tour here to see where Testament's going to be touring at. Okay. So this is the Testament Exodus Death Angel tour dates, uh, postponed until 2022. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that's the, that's the interview right here, but where's the schedule? Uh, there was supposed to, there was supposed to have been, (laughs) okay, um, can we at least play it? God damn it. No, we can't. (laughs) I was going to try and, um, god damn, I was going to try and look into the whole, uh, you know, what, what, on the tour and stuff, but I can't seem to find out. Okay, here, here we go, here we go, I'm sorry, I didn't look down further into this, so, uh, the date, uh, looks like the dates of the tour are going to happen around April 9th. Uh, let's see here. It's going to take place over in, uh, San Luis. Uh, I think that's over in California. Uh, several dates for, um, ah, there's several dates for Texas right here, just in case anyone's interested. Uh, let's see. Uh, Testament will be coming over to Houston, Texas over at the, uh, White... Oak Music Hall, that's around April 20th, 420, which means we'll all be getting high afterwards. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to take place over in Houston, Texas, uh, April 21st, um, over in Austin, Texas at Emo's, not Emo Night, Emo's, <laughs> and over in Dallas, Texas at the Amplified Live, um, that's where Testament's going to be at. And uh, I I noticed that there is no tour, no no dates for tour, for Corpus Christi. Uh, trying to see if there's any more tours for Texas, but that seems to be it. So it's going to begin around I believe April April ninth of two thousand twenty two, and I believe it's going to end around May twentieth of two thousand twenty two. So that will end that whole situation. So um, check out get your tickets over there while you can. For Houston, Dallas, and Austin, because those are going to be uh, those are going to be the places where Testament is going to be performing. They're going to be performing alongside with. Let's see if we can. Um, I'm sorry. Can we? No. Let's see. Dave Lombardi interview. What the hell? <laughs> um. Uh, that's the. <laughs> God. I was, try- I was trying to read the whole thing, but anyways. They're going to be on, uh, Testament's going to be on tour with, uh, what you call it, 
Death Angel and Exodus. That tour is going to be tremendous to check out. And uh, you know, I, and I'll say this right now. And and if I'm tagging this episode on Testaments, Facebook, and Twitter, and and everybody in that particular nature, listen, Chuck and Chuck Billy has been in Theo's or has been at Rich's Billiards and everything. So, and 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 as a matter of fact, you know, I just realized Marcos knows Chuck Billy a Testament. Marcos, do me a favor. I, I need you to get. Chuck on the phone, and I need you to tell him to bring Testament to Corpus Christi as soon as possible. All right, I have to have a reason to see Testament at Concrete Street. Or how about this? How about we get him over to Rich's Billiards, you know, just to get it all rolling and stuff like that? Just get out of the way. <laughs> but, <coughs> anyways, go ahead and get an opportunity to check out Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel as they go on tour wherever you're located at. And uh, I think that's it for right now. Congratulations once again to Dave Lombardo for returning back with Testament, and hopefully everybody will get it. Everybody will get an opportunity to listen to the full entire album of The Gathering. And if you've never heard The Gathering from Testament, get an opportunity to listen to that album. It is one of the best, Dave, some of Dave Lombardo's best work. You know, I've always said that John Luna was the best drummer on the planet, and right now Johnny's probably upset right now because I'm mentioning I'm mentioning John Luna's name on my podcast, and I'm not mentioning Johnny on this. Okay, Johnny, here's the thing: you are a good drummer. All right, you're a good drummer, but I'm telling you, have a match with John Luna. I tell you what, how about this? How about this? How about this? To end the segment. How about you have a match with John Luna and a drum off at WrestleMania, okay? Well, book it at Richard's Billiards, okay? Richard needs the money, sort of. And <laughs> we can put it on pay-per-view. Get it out of the way, okay? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What a way to, what a way to start this show off uh, with a drum off at Richard's Billiards. So... With that being said, when the main event returns, we've got a lot we need to talk about, including Impact Wrestling Sacrifice to be coming up, a review of AEW's Revolution, the WrestleMania Report, Pat McAfee interviews Mr. McMahon, and so much news happening in the world of professional wrestling. We will be back with more on the Main Event Talk podcast. We'll, we'll be back.
Was, uh, that was a song that I haven't heard from in a long, long time from Testament and everything. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, Dave Lombardo, the drummer, the used to be drummer for Slayer, now is a drummer for Testament, is back with the band, and now it's uh, doing much, much better than it has been in a long, long time. Uh, I, I, I couldn't, you know, you couldn't pick a better drummer in the business right now than you could... Um, Dave Lombardo. I don't have a problem with him being a drummer for Testament. He was a drummer for there before. Uh, as a matter of fact, he played in the Gathering album. Uh, the Gathering album was truly one of the best albums that uh, was produced and everything. I like the album. I like the entire album itself. You know, I have this. I have several of the Testament CDs here at the house and everything. But congratulations go out to Dave Lombardo for being part of Testament once again, and hopefully soon. Uh, we'll may see some more details on Testament. Maybe some more details on what's going on with Testament. And can we see Testament over in Corpus Christi, Iglesias? Can that happen? Can that happen, Iglesias? I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, we've talked. Um, we've talked a little bit about some of the big announcements that has been going on in the world of professional wrestling. Let's talk about the announcement, the bombshell that was dropped. And I'm talking about the announcement that took place with Tony Khan. You'll hear that announcement and you'll probably hear some more stuff in regards to the announcement that Tony Khan had made. Now, just in case you guys don't know about it, um, Tony Khan has announced that he is now officially the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. That's right. Tony Khan is actually owning Ring of Honor Wrestling. And it's a big shock to me. It's a big shock to a lot of people that did not expect it to happen, but it happened the way it did and so forth. Now, this is something that I had never, ever thought would happen. Now, uh, I wanted to go ahead and bring this up. Let me see if I could find this real quick on his Twitter because... There was a a pick. I think I have have it saved on my phone and everything, but I think there was a second page that came with it. So let me look into my Twitter account real quick because this is this is huge. Because Tony Khan, who started AEW in 2019 and made a huge success out of it, and has had people talking over and over, and you know wondering where what the future holds for the company. 
Where is it going to go? Where is it going to happen? We've seen the way AEW Dynamite has become. Um, it is a tremendous company and uh, it's a tremendous show. And while I believe it's getting a whole lot better, and it is simply because you've got some of the best wrestlers in there and you've got some things that are looking extremely well, I think AEW is going to do better. I can, and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, and I'll say this because I can. I think I can do better without Rampage. Let me, let, me, let me explain why. While Rampage may have been the start of what... While Rampage may have been the start of what, um, what could be, you know, possibly uh, a good show, because even though you had CM Punk on there, that was tremendous to look at, and I'm glad that... Um, I'm glad that uh, Tony Khan... Uh, you know, owns a company, and now he gets a chance to um, do it. Um, Con owning Ring of Honor is a better idea. And here's something that people will have to will have to look at into. We'll have to look into a little bit. Tony Khan is going to do exactly what should have been done twenty years ago. Now, I'm, I'm sure some people are probably wondering what I'm talking about. Now, let me state back. And we're almost getting close to the 21st anniversary of when WCW got bought out by the WWE. We know about that whole story. We know about that whole situation. Now, there was a point where WCW was going to appear on WWF television. Some appeared on SmackDown and some appeared on Monday Night Raw. Now, the success of it, it didn't turn out so well. It didn't turn out good because it is so clear that you have a completely different audience in WWE than you do in WCW. WCW was more about pro wrestling. It was more about making sense of a situation. So... WWE, obviously, and I don't. I remember some of the stories where they could not, they could not try to do anything about about trying to get WCW on a different network because I always feel that if WCW was still on TBS or on TNT, and it was say say it was purchased by the WWE. But yet it can go on, on, say, USA Network on a different time slot or maybe on a different network, to be exact, to still give it that platform. I think it would have been a whole lot better. But in this case, you know, this this completely changed. This completely changed from head to toe because now this isn't what it used to be. This is, you know, it's a different, different outburst of what of what wrestling is to be. So what I'm talking about basically is... WCW could not do anything good in WWE, especially on SmackDown or Raw. Even though they even though some of the WWE superstars could, you know, some of the WWE fans can actually like WCW, I think they prefer, you know, to go with something, you know, a little bit different. You know, that's that's how it is. So now WCW is you know, it's bought out by WWE and they own the library, they own the stuff, they own everything that's WCW and now it's owned the property of WWE. Uh, 
Now, we swing back to 20 years later, and here we are. We got Tony Khan, who now owns Ring of Honor. Tony Khan is a different individual than Vince McMahon. Now, while Vince McMahon can say that he is in the entertainment business, he's also someone that wants to believe in his heart that he owns wrestling. But in actuality, he doesn't own wrestling. He doesn't. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous because even if he were to do that, he could have he done something. He could have expanded pro wrestling and make it his own, but he never did. But I think Tony Khan can pull that off. I think he can. Ring of Honor has been around for over 20 years. And Ring of Honor has done so much good things. I mean, it had some of the best professional wrestlers ever to grace the squared circle. You have individuals like Brian Danielson and CM Punk and Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels and AJ Styles and a, a list of who's who in Ring of Honor that have moved on and be, and have become some of the big wrestling stars that you see today. Now for Tony Khan to own the business, to own the company, this is going to be completely different from what WWE could have done with WCW a long time ago. Now, Tony Khan is not only... He's a wrestling fan. Let's let's call it like we see it. He's a wrestling fan. But he is also someone that works with the... I think he, he owns... He, uh, his father... I'm sorry. His father owns the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe he... Um, trying to see what else he owns and everything else like that. But I think... With, with Tony Khan now owning Ring of Honor, this would be the perfect opportunity to introduce professional wrestling into Ring of Honor. But it, but but not... Okay, I, I may be saying this wrong. This would be the perfect opportunity for Tony Khan to introduce professional wrestling into TNT. Or, or and this is something that may happen or may not happen, they could put Ring of Honor and, and you know leave it the way it is for right now and then somehow have Ring of Honor show up on maybe maybe TNT or maybe on a different network. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't know exactly the pull that Tony Khan has. We know he has some pull in TNT and everything else like that. But with Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor is such a different entity from W from from AEW. Such a different because the difference between AEW and Ring of Honor while AEW is is now presenting itself as a sports based based presentation about a couple of years uh, at the start of AEW it really wasn't presented that way it looked more like a clown show it looked more like a goof show i mean every every time when i would watch um every time i would watch AEW Dynamite while there were some seriousness of wrestling involved, there were other things about it that made me wonder, okay, what's the situation? What's going on here? Why is this being presented the way it is? And can we change that? You know what I'm saying? I mean, can we change it in any way possible? Because that's how that's how AEW was a long time ago. See, now... When you see AEW, it's a lot better than it has been in a long, long time. Because 
it's it's producing some of the best wrestling. It's producing some of the best segments and some of the stuff that I am enjoying every single time. The whole thing with CM Punk and MJF, which we will talk about later later on in this episode. Some of that stuff. And, and then some of the stuff involving uh, the tag team division. The tag team division is just as good. Um, uh, some other stuff involving the women's division. The women's division is getting way, way better than it was when it first started. There are so many things to ring of uh, to ring about. I'm sorry. There's so many things to AEW right now that is cooking, that is good, and everyone is enjoying it every single time they watch it. Okay, nothing wrong with it at all. Now, Ring of Honor is much different from how AEW is because unlike, well, unlike how AEW was from the past, Ring of Honor does present him present itself as a sports-based presentation and it does it does because there are there are rules to professional wrestling there are things about professional wrestling that will make it extremely interesting now i'm this is the part that now i'm going to get scared of because something could change in a, in an instant because you see, Ring of Honor has always been presented as a a serious wrestling product. It it is because people like to watch serious wrestling. But like I mentioned, if Ring of Honor tries to change itself, if Ring of Honor tries to change itself, it will probably end up in the same league as AEW. Or maybe even worse, probably in the same league as a WWE. Now, the reason why I say that is because, let's face it, most of wrestling that you see now, you can't call it pro wrestling. You can't. And this is why I say that. While there are certain entities, certain things about AEW that make wrestling good, there are certain things about AEW that doesn't make it good. Because it has to still look like a clown show. It still has to look like some sort of a, a goof show. Something that that will entertain people. And and that's what gets that's what you know gets me. Where you know you say you're a sports based presentation, but yet you bring up Orange Cassidy or you bring up this D- Dan Hansen and, and all this all this other stuff, you expect us to take this wrestling seriously, which we can't. We really can't. Ring of Honor, I, and I think I may have said this in the past, if they were to bring back Ring of Honor, which apparently they are, if they do bring back Ring of Honor, I think what will happen, and I think I see this coming, Ring of Honor is going to still be presented as a tremendous and great professional wrestling company, but it's also going to end up just like AEW. I mean, there's going to be wrestlers that are going to present themselves tremendous, they're going to be displayed, you know, in a serious matter and everyone's going to like how Ring of Honor is, but there's going to be origins of sports entertainment involved in Ring of Honor. I think that will happen that way. Now, if Ring of Honor can stay as a board a sports-based presentation and still produce some of the best wrestling with some of the best wrestlers, I think we can take this come cuz here's the thing. No one has presented themselves as a serious pro wrestling company other than Ring of Honor. Now, when you think about this, you take a look at 
the UFC, when you take a look at the MMA, you see the UFC and you see Bellator and you see others in that particular nature that presents themselves as a sports-based presentation, uh, as wrestlers, that can, as MMA fighters that can be taken seriously. And, and, and obviously we know why you know, it's being taken seriously because it's more real than wrestling. Now, when you see Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor can present itself as a serious wrestling company. And it can do it. And, you know, as long as there's no goofs, no idiots, no jackoffs involved to interfere in with 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 how it's supposed to be, then yeah, I mean there, there's because look, to me Ring of Honor I love I love how the company was. I even like how the company was when it when it was already going out of business. Now, I said that Ring of Honor would never go out of business. It's going to come back. It's going to come back in a different way. So Tony Khan goes ahead. He owns the company. He's taking it from obscurity. And he's, he's going to try and rebuild it in his own image. Now, the only thing is, I'm hoping that Tony Khan will do, will try to at least present a different type of wrestling or not different type of wrestling I'm sorry present the same wrestling that we've all grown up and watch but try not to change anything about it because because if that happens if that happens I mean you know there's going to be some people that are going to be very very critical of of how Ring of Honor will be now that Tony Khan is involved like like for instance think about the commentary team like Ia Riccoboni and um, uh, who's the others? Um, there were there were some great wrestling commentators that focused on the wrestling, that took wrestling seriously, and it, and it's brought up from obscurity. Ring of Honor wrestling is much better than AEW when it comes to presenting a serious base wrestling. That's the truth. Now the audience may not agree with that because. They think that pro wrestling is AEW. They think pro wrestling is, you know, how AEW is presenting it. When someone like me who has been a part of professional wrestling for a long time and has seen the difference in how professional wrestling is, you, everyone can see AEW as better than WWE just because it's it's presenting something that's much more mature and everything else like that. But there's also that part where there are certain parts to wrestling, there's certain parts to them that present something that's a goof, that, that's silly, that's absolutely ridiculous. While I don't mind wrestling being funny in some way, and, and, I, and I'm talking about like, like, like someone like The Rock, for instance, can, like, I think I've mentioned it before, that can make something funny. And he can be a serious wrestler doing that. I mean, or, or maybe a Randy Orton or, or maybe somewhere in that level. That's, that's what I'm trying to basically tell you. So this is the thing. Professional wrestling, Ring of Honor, is always going to be presented as a, a sports-based wrestling. People will take this seriously. And I'm hoping that nothing, absolutely nothing changes about Ring of Honor. Now, as far as what they're going to do with it, that's going to be the true test. Now, let me go ahead and I, I think I showed this here. Yeah, here it is, as a matter of fact. Uh, let me see if I can read this correctly here uh, so we can look at this correctly. Let's see. 
Uh, it says here, Tony Khan announces agreement to acquire Ring of Honor. And let's see, it also says here, uh, video library, brand assets, uh, intellectual property from independent professional wrestling's most prestigious promotion purchased under new partnership with Tony Khan. Now, this took place right here, March, uh, March 2nd of 2022. Moments ago on AEW Dynamite Live on TBS, it was announced that Tony Khan... Uh, has agreed to acquire the assets of Ring of Honor Wrestling Entertainment LLS, uh, LLC from Sinclair Broadcasting Group, in, in, including the promotion's extensive video library dating back to 2002, brand assets, intellectual property, uh, pr uh, production equipment, and more. Known widely as an independent promotion to the uh, that birthed some of wrestling's biggest stars of today, including AEW, CM Punk, and Brian Danielson, and highlighted dozens of members of the AEW roster. Ring of Honor's purchase uh, signifies a new chapter in the future of professional wrestling as AEW's uh, meteoric rise continues to draw youngest uh youngest skewing wrestling's audience on television uh here's a quote here it says ring of honor's influence on modern professional wrestling is ethic uh permit uh, is etched permanently in the history books and this acquisition ensures that its legacy will keep alive and treated with the utmost respect, said Tony Khan, CEO of AEW, Chief Football Strategy Officer of the Jackson. <laughs> oh, God, I can't even take that seriously. Uh, Chief, I'm sorry, let me read that again. Uh, uh, Chief Football Strategy Officer of the Jacksonville Jaguars and GM Sporting Director of Fulman FC. And he continues on by saying, This deal adds thousands of hours of contact to our uh, rapid-growing library to cre uh, that, and creates new opportunities to expand our footprint on national and global scale while having the potential to produce new content under the ROH banner. I will immediately begin exploring opportunities to make Ring of Honor's video library available to the fans who have the opportunity to witness uh, the beginnings of the careers of AEW's biggest stars. Now, continues on by stating, more than 40 members of the AEW roster appeared in Ring of Honor during their careers. The promotion launched the careers of numerous AEW superstars such as CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Hangman Adam Page, Dr. Britt Baker, and Adam Cole. Additional members of the AEW roster have made their mark in Ring of Honor including the late Brody Lee and there, and 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 there is uh there's actually a piece of library 
and I think I saw this somewhere in, uh, if you look, if you go to Tubi, and this is just, a, you know, I'm stopping it right here. If you go to Tubi and you look for something on Brody Lee, I guarantee you, you're going to be amazed because I, I, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I'm going to see this later on right after this one. But anyways, including the late Brody Lee, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Red Dragon, Best Friends, uh, boy, I had no idea that they were there. Uh, Jay Lethal, Christopher Daniels, Matt Seidel, Mercedes Martinez, uh, Serena Deeb, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, uh, Keith Lee, Eddie Kingston, Evil Uno, uh, Stu Grayson, QT Marshall, Dan Hansen, Lance Archer, uh, Griff Garrison, Thunder Rosa, Wheeler Yuta, uh, Luchasaurus, Orange Cassidy, oh dear God. God, I forgot Orange Cassidy was a part of Ring of Honor, wasn't he? You fucking bastards. Anyways, Ethan Page, uh, Austin Gunn, Pack, Kip Saban, John Moxley. What was John Moxley ever a part of Ring of Honor? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, man, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Jerry Lynn, uh, B.J. Witterman. I, I remember him, and Sanjay Dunn. Also says here. Ring of Honor has produced some of the best professional wrestlers over the past 20 years, but more importantly, it created a family. I will be forever grateful to everyone in Ring of Honor and the Ring of Honor family who has worked tirelessly for the past two decades to take Ring of Honor to levels previously unimagined, said Joe Koff, uh, Chief Operating Officer of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Tony has the utmost appreciation and respect for Ring of Honor and, I'm sorry, utmost respect for Ring of Honor and I'm truly excited to see how he continues the legacy. The acquisition will be, I'm sorry, the acquisition will be completed through the entity that is wholly owned by Tony Khan. Further details uh, about the extent of this acquisition will be announced in the weeks to come. That was a statement made on uh, Tony Khan's uh, uh, Tony Khan's uh, Twitter page, and it was also uh, being talked about and other things in that particular nature. So we now know, what we know now. Tony Khan, this was the announcement. This is huge, and this is something that um, I got to admit, I'm. I'm extremely excited to see what's going to happen with Ring of Honor. I'm extremely excited to see what Tony Khan's going to do with Ring of Honor because as I stated before, this is going to be this is going to be completely different from how how Vince McMahon could have done with another company, right? Now, we don't know if Ring of Honor has a network deal. You know, we don't know that. We it could happen. Um, they could add Ring of Honor Wrestling in TNT or in TBS if they wanted to. They could. They could do that. Or, or here's something to think about. You could add and and TBS owns what what other what other network shows do they have that they own? Because Tony Tony Khan could put Ring of Honor in any of those networks. He can. It it doesn't have to necessarily be TBS or TNT. It could be any of those shows. And that's what's that's what's the most brilliant thing about it. Now, how they're going to present Ring of Honor 
is what I'm wondering. I'm wondering exactly, you know, what Tony Khan is going to present to the company, what he is going to present to the networks, and more importantly, what he's going to present to the fans. What do the Ring of Honor fans think? Because keep in mind, Baltimore was always the spot where Ring of Honor wrestling was held. Baltimore, Maryland. But now it's going to be taking place over probably uh, maybe in Florida or maybe in a different spot. I don't know. But I think now the good thing is if Ring of Honor is continuing and it's under Tony Khan's name and AEW is still going on, it's still under Tony Khan's name, this is exactly how you expand pro wrestling. This is how you expand the business. You don't go ahead and just purchase a business and get done with it and then make them a part of your roster like what WWE did with WCW and ECW. You expand professional wrestling. To me, this is exactly what's wrong with WWE right now because they did expand another brand and that was NXT. And look what happened to it. Basically, NXT has become their version of WWE. They had a good NXT, but then it went down to shits. So now with Tony Khan, Ring of Honor, Tony Khan can sign any wrestler and put him on that show and everything and make that company a whole lot better. R- Ring of Honor can be, this is a thing uh, I think some people can probably agree with, Ring of Honor can actually be AEW's version of developmental. Think about it. Just think about this closely. You can have wrestlers in AEW that will look like shit and will not be given any more television time and can be fired and then can go to Ring of Honor, right? And can be trained properly by some of the best wrestlers, some of the best students, some of the best stuff. And that's something that that you have to contend with. I mean, this is something, this is good in more fronts because Ring of Honor will always have the best wrestlers. And they can show up at AEW if they want to. While they will move up from Ring of Honor to AEW, that will be something. Or you can have AEW, some of the stars there, and move them up to Ring of Honor. Back and forth. Nobody will get fired. You see what I mean? But that's how that's how the wrestling business, unfortunately, has changed over the years. Right? So this is... This is going to be a huge deal. And no doubt on this episode of the Maven Talk podcast, you're going to hear a lot more about this whole situation with Ring of Honor, with AEW, Tony Khan. So we'll get to that and ju- we'll get to that in just a moment. But once again, congratulations and are in order to Tony Khan for uh, purchasing Ring of Honor and owning the rights to Ring of Honor. And I'm hoping that, you know, if he does have the utmost respect for Ring of Honor and if he does want to give wrestling back, in a way, you know, that wrestling needs to be, then hopefully Tony Khan can put it off, pull it off. So once again, congratulations go out to Tony Khan for owning the rights to Ring of Honor. And they say honor is real and it is more real than ever. And honor will never die at the hands of Tony Khan. So big congratulations to Tony Khan for owning Ring of Honor and so much more. And when the main event talk returns, we will talk a little bit more about what's going on. AEW's revolution coming up. In a couple of days, or actually tomorrow to be exact, I'm sorry, uh, we will see exactly what's going to happen in these matches, plus some more wrestling news and some more music later on. And plus, we're also going to, oh, and also we, we haven't had a chance to talk about uh, Rich's Billiards, some big news coming up on that one. And a former WWE superstar is coming 
to the W uh, to Corpus Christi, Texas, and he's coming on the weekend of WrestleMania. You'll know who that is later on on the Main Event Talk podcast. We st- still got to come. We still got a lot we need to talk about in the world of professional wrestling, including the review of of what's going to happen at Sacrifice later on tonight. M- Impact Wrestling's Sacrifice that's going to take place tonight. And also, of course, AEW's Revolution, the WrestleMania report, and a couple of other things in that particular nature are going to take place. Now, as we are doing this podcast right now, what we're going to do right now is I'm right now, uh, we had mentioned that we were going to talk about Richard's Billiards, and we are, as a matter of fact. Um, let's get into this. Uh, Richard's Billiards, we know that there's going to be several events that are going to be taking place over at Richard's Billiards over here in Corpus Christi, Texas, just in case if anybody wants to know the address. 5815 Weber Road over at Weber Square. That's where Richard's Billiards is taking place. Over here in Corpus Christi, by the way, so I know that most of you guys that are listening to this podcast, from what I understand, I've actually gotten some viewers from outside of the United States. So, hola. So, <laughs> but anyways, uh, big announcement. And this happened like, uh, right around, as a matter of fact, um, this was announced. And I got to mention this uh, big shout out to Destroyed Productions and Record Company. Uh, they posted this out on Facebook. And I wanted to go ahead and get this out of the way here. Uh, Rich's Billiards is going to have... Um, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be having a show on Saturday, April 9th, which is going to be interesting. Uh, let's see. It's going to feature the return for the first time, I think, since last year. And I think this was the last appearance of this guy, Michael Graves. or And I think I'm pronouncing this correctly. I think it's Michael, Michael Graves. Is that who it is? Yeah, it could be right. I don't know. But anyways, he is on his way over to Rich's Billiards on Saturday, April, uh, April, Saturday, April 9th, live at Rich's Billiards. Uh, actually, yeah, it's uh, Michael Graves is correct. Uh, Michael Graves, ex-Misfits. Now, also featured on this one will also be, uh, the, it's called the Narrow Path Tour. And here is the list. Michael Graves is going to be performing over at Rich's Billiards. Shadow of a Giants. Yes, Richard's band is going to actually perform over there for the first time, and I'm not sure how long, and it's going to be interesting to check that out. Uh, Gray Bliss is going to be there, and The Outraged will be there as well. That's all going to take place over. Oh, and also um, Action, Action, Get Action. I think that's... Am I am I reading that correctly here? I think that's correct here. But let me go ahead and um, since I'm on their page right now, let me see if I can look into their uh, stuff and everything. So I'm on their Facebook page right now, and this is exactly what it looks like. Cool. I'm actually on two different Facebook pages because I get you get one Facebook page where you just get it on Google. Or get it on wherever, and then you get another one where you get the Facebook app, and that's a you know totally different story. It's a lot better when I when I see it when it's not on my Facebook app or something like that. But anyways, let me look for events here real quick. Now, obviously, they have uh, well, they have the events over here, uh, one from a level of creation, but we'll talk about that in just a moment here. And there's also an event that's going to take place because uh, we talked about a former WWE superstar. We're going to talk about that, as a matter of fact, on this episode of Maybe It's No Podcast. So 
Well, let me get into this here uh, because this was on the this is on the Facebook page, I think, and I'm trying to get. Uh, I don't think they have this uh, set as far as the events go, but yeah, that's what's going to take place. It's going to be Saturday, April 9th at Richards Billiards. Michael Graves, ex uh, Misfits, is going to be in town playing with Shadow of Giants, Gray Blist, um, the Outrage, and Action Get Action. That's going to happen on Saturday, April. 9th over at Richard's Billiards, so that's going to be epic to check out and much, much more. Now, let me see. Uh, I think that's it, but uh, at least for now, at least part of that issue. Issue. Uh, this was announced on March 1st, and this is going to take place on April 9th, so if you guys are interested, if you are a huge fan of the Misfits, get an opportunity to check it out over at Richard's Billiards. They're going to have a an epic show over there, so um, I may try to go over if it happens, <laughs> whichever comes first. Now, speaking of Richard's Billiards, and speaking of a couple of things that are going to happen, uh, Emo Night is going to have their event taking place over at Richard's Billiards as well. It's going to happen right around, uh, it's going to be April 12th and then April, no, I'm sorry, March 12th. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm thinking April for some odd reason here. But anyways, let me go ahead and... Um, get this out of the way here um there's supposed to be where's the event section at there's supposed to be uh there's supposed to be an event section here on emo night and i don't see ah here we go here's the upcoming events right here let me get this out of the way real quickly so these are all the events that are going to happen uh, okay, so Saturday, March 12th. I'm right. Saturday, March 12th will be the Emo versus Indie. That's that's this that's like a WrestleMania match put together right there. It's gonna be Saturday, uh, March 12th. Uh, show starts at 9 p.m. and and, and um. Okay, uh, I may be reading the time a little bit wrong here, and uh, Emo and, and, and Ryan, especially if you're listening to this episode right now. Uh, I'm reading this, and I'm on your Facebook page, and it says it's Saturday, March 12th at 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. Now, uh, well, um, now I, I think I'm, I might be mistaken, and I think. I think this is actually the right time. Let me let me explain why. March twelfth is Saturday, and that would probably mean if the event starts at nine p.m. and I'm I'm just analyzing this in my head. If it starts at nine p.m. and ends at three a.m., that means technically it'll be two a.m. But with the clocks moving, I believe, forward, that means it will actually end at 3 o'clock. So technically, it will be 2 o'clock, but technically it will be 3. You know, so that kind of makes a whole lot of sense there. So let's see. The event starts at 9 p.m. and ends around 3 a.m., 3 which technically will be 2 o'clock, because I believe that's when the Daylight Savings Time takes place on March 12th. So that's going to be the event for Emo Night. So let me go ahead and um, get this out of the way and look for, let me see, what to expect. Where is the, okay, uh, 
uh, event by Emo Night at Richard's Billiards. Emo versus Indy, Saturday, March 12th. Richard's Billiards at 5815 Weber in Texas, 21 plus an upper welcome with proper ID, $10. It says $10 cover, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. Now, that's what it says right here. But this will actually mean that there's going to be an extra hour for Emo Night. Now, I may be wrong, but let me see if I can look for... Um, let me look for what's going to happen. Uh, I may have to. I need, I need to read into this while I'm recording this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Uh, let's see here. And I'll say this because I can. And, and don't be surprised if you hear something interesting that comes out of this. It, let, me, let me speak this out. When is daylight savings time? And I'm correct. <laughs> so... It says here that daylight savings time is going to happen on March 13th. So that means that on March 12th, that means that the clocks will be moved ahead of time. And let's see here. So March 12th will just be a regular March 12th. But on the 13th, it says here, and I'm reading this correctly, 2 a.m., this is on, on Sunday, March 13th, Sunday, 2 a.m., clocks are turned forward one hour. So that means completely, guys, that means from the time I'm getting this, that means, say, say, and I'm just being, being out, being crazy here. So basically what that means is if it's 2 o'clock now, and we move forward to 3 o'clock. Oh, actually, technically, let me say this because I can, just to make sense of anything that I'm trying to tell you. Because <laughs> it's all confusing. Now, that means if Emo Night starts at 9 o'clock, and say we go 1 o'clock, right? We go 1 o'clock. We will actually be done at 2 o'clock, but technically it will be done at 3 so we will have we'll have an extra hour to go forward with so now it's it's all it's all starting to make sense so now i see what they did there so emo night just to get this out of the way one more time emo versus indy on saturday march 12 richest billiards 5850 weber corpus christi texas um 21 uh 21 plus and up are welcome with proper id ten dollar cover 9 p.m to 2 p.m or 2 a.m., I'm sorry, but technically it'll be 3 o'clock once 2 a.m. reaches. So once you like, say it's 1 o'clock and the show keeps going, and then it's 2 o'clock and Theo's is closed, and it's like, oh, wait a minute, it's actually 3 o'clock, but Theo's is closed anyway. Okay, can we keep it up to open till an hour till about 4? Anyways, never mind. But anyways, that's going to take place on Saturday, March 12th. Get over there as early as you can for Saturday night, emo night versus indy that's going to take place on saturday now let's talk about another event that's going to happen on emo night which will take place the following week which will be here we go now this makes a whole lot of sense now it's emo night at rich's billiards on saturday march 19th rich's billiards um uh 38 oh i'm sorry uh let me 
Okay, let me say this one more time just to get everything out of the way. Emo Night and Corpus Christi, Saturday, March 19th, Rich's Billiard, 5815 Weber in Corpus Christi, Texas. Cheers, X, tears. 21 and plus and up are welcome with proper ID, $10 cover. Show starts at 9 p.m. and ends around 2 a.m. Get there as early as you can. So Emo Night's going to happen on the 12th, and Emo Night's going to happen on the 19th of March. And in between those is spring break, all right? That's the reason for the daylight savings time. So you can see Emo Night on both nights that are going to take place at Rich's Billiards. Get there as early as you can. And and then and, and just get there. God damn it, just get there. That's that's all I have to tell you. All right. Now, <coughs> let's get into a little bit more. Um, I think those are the only events that I know that are going to take place at Rich's Billiards. So to reiterate... Richard's going to have an event that's going to take place on March 1st, which is going to feature the return of Michael Graves. He's coming back to Richard's Billiards, and he's going to have the return of Shadow of Giants. Shadow of Giants are going to be performing. That Oh, and that also means, and i got to get this out of the way because we know he's going to be there. Headbanger Incorporated's head of security, Adan Benya, will be there to play drums for Shadow of Giants once again, and that's going to be fucking awesome to check out, and hopefully you guys get an opportunity to check them out, Michael Graves out, um, Action to Action, I think that's what the other one, and what was the other band that came out there? Uh, I don't know if I have this on here. Let me see if I can go back to it. Can I go back to it? No, not that one. No, not that one. There it is. Okay. I just found it. No, I don't want an advertisement for this shit, I don't know. Gray Bliss, The Outrage, and Action Get Action. That's what it is. And it's the Narrow Path Tour. That's going to happen on April. Actually, that's April 9th. That's April 9th, Saturday. That's going to happen on April, not on March. So my apologies for mentioning that on this episode of the Main Vet Talk Podcast. But at least I'm mentioning Richard's Billiards on this fucking podcast that's all you have to know so get there rich's billiards 5815 weber not your average heroes the legend continues now let's continue on a little bit more with what's about to happen and uh we know and we had mentioned this already and uh i think it's already been uh it's gonna be plainly obvious it's gonna happen let's see about the events for What's going to take place at Rich's, uh, at Rich's Billiards? What's going to take place at Boozer's? And I want to get this out of the way. I know I, I know, some people are going to probably be saying, why are you mentioning this bar when you're supposed to be mentioning Rich's Billiards? Here's the reason why. Number one, unless Richard can somehow manage to get this band over at Rich's Billiards, then I'll be coming just a little bit more. And I'm not saying that I'm going to turn my back on Rich's Billiards. I'm advertising this for a reason. But... We all have to do something else from time to time. Okay? Anyways, Thursday, May 26th is going to be an interesting date right there because Malevolent Creation is coming to Corpus Christi. Now, I believe the show is going to start around 8 p.m. It's going to end around 12 a.m., which is going to be pretty interesting to check out. Let's see. Uh, it's going to be Thursday, uh, Thursday, May 26. Okay. 30 Years of Retribution Tour, Malevolent Creation, uh, Narcotic Wasteland, plus special guests to be announced. Boozers at uh, <coughs> Boozers at 3854 
SBID, Corpus Christi, Texas. Pre-sale tickets are $20 available at Galactic Smoke and Rock Shop and Boozers. So get a chance. If you guys are a huge fan of Malevolent Creation, get a chance to head over there. I want to get my tickets immediately simply because it's Malevolent Creation. And the last time, and I'm going to mention this right here, right now, the last time I saw Malevolent Creation was around December of 2002. I should know, and my good friend Joey Zonda should know, because he was the one that took me, bought my ticket, and went over with sh- went over to the show, and we saw it, and it was fucking shit. And I can't, and I don't think, I don't know if, unless I, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think Malevolent Creation has ever come to Corpus Christi. They, they've been, they've been to Texas, obviously, but they've never been here. So this will be a first time for me to check them out and everything. I can't wait to check, you know, see how it goes and everything else like that. Now, there's also something else that we need to get into. And we're going to get into this right away. Now, let's see if we can type him down. Here we go. Now, let's see if we can find... I think I, I, think I saw this on... Wait a minute. As a matter of fact... Um, I think who, wait a minute, I may have to put this down here. Let me see if I can put the Boozer's, uh, Boozer's page here, because this is the talk, and I want to go ahead and bring this up right now. Okay, so I know I'm friends with them. Ah, here we go. Okay, so uh, I believe this is going to take place, and this is going to happen on the weekend of WrestleMania. Now... You'll be interested to know, and I want to go ahead and get to this event as soon as possible. Let me get this out of the way. This is going to happen. Now, listen to this, guys. Now, we know that April 1st will be the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. April 2nd and April 3rd will be the two-night event, the two-night spectacular, the stupendous WrestleMania. Now... Here's what you don't know. Most of you guys that have seen this on the Facebook page, you know what's up and you know what's about to go down. And this is going to happen right around 7.30, which is going to be during the duration of WrestleMania, which is a bad fucking move in many ways. Now, if this were to uh, this sort of start around 12 at midnight, then I'll have a reason to go. But I may not be able to make it because, ladies and gentlemen, on Sunday, April 3rd, It will be WrestleMania, but here in Corpus Christi on Sunday, April 3rd, former WWE superstar Jeff Hardy will be heading to Boozers. I know what everyone is thinking right now. It's like, oh my God, Jeff Hardy's back in the fucking wagon. No, he's not. He's not. He's just there to do a meet and greet and acoustic tour in Corpus Christi, Texas. I this, this is not a lie. This is actually the truth. As a matter of fact, this is what you see right here. Okay, so, so far, 241 people have responded. Event to take place over at Boozer's Rock Bar. Leo pr- uh, presents and, and a couple of others and everything. Um this is what I'm reading. That's my that's my Facebook page going off, by the way. But anyways, this is what it says here. It says here that come meet Jeff Hardy at the very rare meet and greet event. General admission t- uh, general admission tickets are twenty dollars. This is the only 
this is only a ticket for the Jeff Hardy music performance. You're welcome to, let's see. It says here, oh, and I'm reading this whole full thing here. It says here, you're welcome to come early and watch the Jeff Hardy meet and greet. General admission meet and greet tickets are $50. Uh, that's the truth, $50. Jeff will be available for photos, selfies, autographs, and brief conversations. Jeff will sign up to three items per person. This is only including in the meet and greet ticket. Interesting. So the ticket is actually worth $50. Now, it says also here, Twist of Fate private meet and greet tickets are $150. Uh, uh, what? $150? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. This is nuts. Okay, let me continue on with this. Twisted fa Twist of Fate. Private meet and greet tickets are $150. That 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 is some of my checks so far. Anyways, this <laughs> oh god, I just revealed what I said. This is for the biggest Hardy fans in the universe. And most of it is somewhere on the other side of Texas, but that just me talking. But anyways, this except that, that's my brother. Anyways, this experience takes place backstage in the green room. Or locker room. Fans get a one-on-one -on -one experience with Jeff Hardy for five minutes. Really? Five minutes? For $150 should be 250 minutes. But anyways, five minutes. First chance at, at official Jeff Hardy merchandise. And first in line at public meet and greet ticket to Jeff Hardy music performance, including very limited availability. This is an all-age event. Doors open at 7, or well, actually, door will open at 7 p.m. Signing meet and greet will happen at 7.30 and 9.30 p.m. Jeff Hardy Music, 9.45 to 11 p.m. Now, this is a bit, and now, and I think that's what we, that's what I see right here. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, so that's what happened. So let's now let's let's explain let's explain all this because so far this is completely fucked up. All right, completely fucked up in so many ways. Let me explain why. This is on the weekend of WrestleMania. Okay, this is on April third, and you expect, and I'm saying this because I can, and my apologies here. You expect everybody to show up. The general admission meet and greet tickets are $50, right? Uh, and, and I'm reading this again here. Jeff will be available for photos, selfies, autographs, brief conversations. Jeff Hardy will sign up to three items per person. This is only including in the meet and greet ticket. Now, that's just a $50 ticket. Now, the Twisted Fate private meet and greet tickets for $150. This is for the biggest Hardy fans in the universe. This experience takes place backstage in the green room and, or locker room. Fans get a one-on-one -on -one experience with Jeff Hardy for five minutes. First chance at official Jeff Hardy merchandise. And first in line at public meet and greet ticket to the Jeff Hardy music performance included. Very limited availability. Now... This is the thing. The event starts at 7 p.m., right? 
The signing and the meet and greet starts around 7.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., right? Now, Jeff Hardy's music will start around 9.45 and it'll end around 11 o'clock. Now, what is wrong with this picture? Let me tell you exactly what is wrong with this picture. This takes up WrestleMania in a huge fucking way. Now, if this would make a whole lot of... now. Now, here's the thing, and I'm hoping boozers will listen to me and understand what they're getting themselves into. They need to do, and I'm going to pass along this information to boozers, one time, and one time only. You guys need to have WrestleMania at, your, at, your, uh, at the event. You need to have WrestleMania over there. Here's why. Number one, you're going to get people to want to show up over there and check out WrestleMania. Number two, you're going to want people to stay there when they see Jeff Hardy live and in person. Number three, WrestleMania is going to last until probably 6 o'clock and end around somewhere between 9 to 10 o'clock or 11, whichever goes first. You will still have the crowd there to see Jeff Hardy right after WrestleMania is over. Now, boozers, please take my advice. Have WrestleMania available over at Boozers. And I guarantee you, you'll have several people that will not only be there for WrestleMania, they will be there for the Jeff Hardy experience. Now, I will not be there because there's no way in hell the, the $50 thing I can do. The $150, you're fucking insane. That's my light bill all in one fucking night. $150, are you fucking serious? For the Jeff Hardy experience. I could, I could, I could sum up a Hardy experience in three fucking words. Roman Matt Hardy. Why? Simple as this. Years ago, Roman almost got run over by Matt Hardy back in 2003. And Roman was there when the whole shit happened. True story. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shitting you. But anyways, this is insane. I mean, Jeff Hardy. Uh, Jeff Hardy coming to Corpus Christi right on at uh, the end of WrestleMania. We, and we still got a lot more to come. For WrestleMania. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, big shout out to Boozers and everything else like that. And if you guys are huge fans of Jeff Hardy like myself, hopefully you guys will get an opportunity to check out Jeff Hardy over there at Boozers. It should be an interesting experience. And it's going to be, the ticket, like, like I said, the tickets are going to be around, uh, let's see, $50 for the meet and greet, right? And for the private, it's going to be $150. So you guys will get an opportunity to get the full access, the full Hardy experience and everything. Jeff Hardy, unquestionably, is one of the greatest superstars of all time. Uh, a part of the Hardy a Hardy compound alongside with his brother, Matt Hardy. It would be great if Matt Hardy would be there. Now, Jeff Hardy is an accomplished musician. And I know that because I've heard, I've heard his music. His music's tremendous. you got to hear it. Uh, I've never heard it live or acoustic, but it should be tremendous to check out and much, much more. So that's all the latest info that's going on at Rich's Billiards. That's all the latest info that's going on over at Boozers. That's all the latest stuff that's going to happen. And guys, <laughs> Jeff Hardy is coming to Corpus Christi. Can you believe that? I mean, look, Malevolent Creation, I can dig that because I'm going to go to that. And it's not going to take place at WrestleMania weekend. All right? Now, Jeff Hardy... Showing up at WrestleMania weekend, this is tough because I'm going to be at my house, okay? This is going to be tough, all right? I'm going to be at my house with Roman, with my brother, with a couple of other people, and check out WrestleMania night two as it happens, okay? 
It will happen. But here's the thing, and I'm telling you this for your own good. Boozers, you need to have WrestleMania at your event. If you're going to have Jeff Hardy over there, I suggest you have WrestleMania over there because you're going to get people to be there to not only check out WrestleMania, but to be there for Jeff Hardy. All right? Because it's WrestleMania weekend. You got to have fun. If this was Richard Billiards, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I will go to Richard. I don't care if I have to give Richard $100. I will get in to talk to Jeff Hardy, say hello to Jeff Hardy, and introduce myself, say, hey, this is Richard Billiards. Don't drink. We know you're. We know that you're an addict. Never mind. <laughs> But anyways, guys, once again, get a chance to check out these awesome events. Everything from the event that's going to take place over at Rich's Billiards. Both Emo Night events are going to take place March uh, March 12th and March 19th. Also, check out Michael Graves as he returns over to Rich's Billiards on April 9th. Also, get a chance to check out other things, including what I just said about Jeff Hardy, and also uh, some more news in regards to Malevolent Creation that's going to take place on March uh, 2020, March, May 26th. I'm sorry, like that. Richard's Billiards, 5815 Weber, not your average heroes. The legend continues. And this is also sponsored by Emo Night. Check out Malevolent Creation over at Boozers. Check out Jeff Hardy at Boozers. There's going to be a lot of stuff happening. Oh, my God. Jeff Hardy coming to Corpus Christi. How fucking insane is that? Now, first, we looked at Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor. Atopping today's headlines is a huge announcement that Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. And how much did he buy it for? Well, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net reported that it's between 30 to 40 million dollars. Now you may recall rumors that Sinclair Broadcasting was looking to sell the promotion and now the deal has been confirmed. Khan has acquired the assets of Ring of Honor Wrestling Entertainment LLC from Sinclair Broadcast Group including the promotion's extensive video library dating back to 2002, brand assets, intellectual property, production equipment and more. Meltzer discussed who Ring of Honor contacted about the sale. Obviously both WWE and AEW were contacted when the idea was to sell the company and AEW was the one that obviously made the better offer to the two and got the company. However, despite Meltzer's language, PW Insider reports Tony Khan has bought Ring of Honor and not AEW. Khan's purchase includes Ring of Honor tape library and just the WWE's purchase of ECW and WCW gave it access to thousands of hours of wrestling programming. The speculation AEW plans on using it in a similar manner. Meltzer commented, the tape library is very valuable to AEW because they want to do some sort of a streaming service, whether they sell something to HBO Max or do their own streaming service in some form. The amount of library with a lot of wrestlers, including one of the keys to that library, is Ring of Honor owned the All In Show, which is an important part of the history of AEW. Also, it had all kinds of tapes of Brian Danielson and a lot of other wrestlers, the Young Bucks, some of Kenny Omega, Jay Lethal. Now, there have been rumors of AEW starting a streaming service, but given the promotion's short run, it doesn't have much to offer. That could change with the Ring of Honor library, and it could even lead to AEW eventually moving its pay-per-views to a streaming service. Next up, Ric Flair and Triple H no longer friends. Now, are Nature Boy Ric Flair and Triple H on the outs? Well, Ric Flair recently was asked on his new podcast what Triple H's current relationship with the WWE is since Helmsley took time off for medical reasons. Flair answered, he and I were incredibly close and now I never hear from him, so I don't know. 
Flair and Triple H were once the best of friends with the game vocal in how Flair influenced his career and Flair in turn thanking Helmsley for helping get his self-confidence back in the ring when they teamed alongside Batista and Randy Orton in Evolution. But might Triple H's silence just be a case of the wrestler focusing his recovery from his recent cardiac incident or do you think there's more to the story? But whilst we're on the subject, Triple H may not be returning to WWE for some time. A wrestling cerebral assassin was heavily involved with NXT, but Vince McMahon's recent restructuring of the brand led to drastic changes which had fans wondering whether Helmsley had any say in the brand. This has become a moot point after Tripp suffered a cardiac event last September, and now there's talk he may not be back in NXT for a long time, if ever. PW Insider is reporting that Lissetta Pineda, one of Helmsley's allies in NXT, was recently released. Panita worked extremely close to Paul Levesque in a role described to PW Insider as Levesque's top executive assistant, so without him around, some of the company have relayed to us it was probably just a matter of time before she exited as Levesque has still yet to return to full-time work for the company since dealing with his heart issues and without him there, her role was limited at best. Carl Tarlick followed up on the news with this observation saying, Discussions also arose about the game's future with the company, with some question if he'll ever come back, partly because people who used to be in constant contact with Triple H haven't spoken to him in some time. Panetta's exit has also been perceived as a sign that Triple H won't be returning for some time. Do you think Triple H will return? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, WWE cuts ties with Russia. Add the WWE to the growing number of businesses who aren't tolerating Russia's invasion of Ukraine. WWE.com announced recently that WWE has terminated its partnership with Russian broadcaster Match and shut down the WWE network in Russia effective immediately. The move eliminates access in Russia to any WWE programming, including the company's weekly Raw, SmackDown and NXT shows on its on-demand library, and all of its premium live events, including WrestleMania 38. And finally, fans are furious with Nia Jax. And last but not least, it looks like former superstar Nia Jax's recent social media comments about the Russian invasion of Ukraine could take some heat off Kane after his own remarks were blasted by some for being insensitive. Jax mentioned on Instagram, all these MFs saying I stand with Ukraine couldn't even stand for their own personal rights for two years because they were scared to breathe. And Nia Jax may be done with wrestling, at least that's her current status, but the former superstar has lots to say on social media, whether it's her time in WWE, the debate over the effectiveness of masks to reduce the spread of COVID, or the current crisis in Ukraine. Well, one thing's for sure, Nia Jax may be the first superstar to suffer CTE while injuring other wrestlers.
Okay, so let's get right into the first event that is going to take place. The first of two events are going to be happening this weekend. Now, as I mentioned earlier on the Main Event Talk podcast, there's going to be not one, but two matches or two events that are going to be reviewed here uh, on the podcast. Now, the first event is obviously going to be taking place tonight, which is going to be uh, Impact Wrestling's Sacrifice. And we just got done talking about... um, we got done talking about No Surrender last week. Now this week we got another uh, event coming up. And it's going to be Impact Wrestling Sacrifice. Now later on, the main event is going to be talking about um, the No... I'm sorry. The Revolution Pay-Per-View, which is presented by AEW. You know about the whole story about Tony Khan at the very beginning of the story and everything. So we'll talk about that uh, in moments. Now... <clears throat> Sacrifice is going to be happening tonight. Now, the bad part about this is I'm not going to be able to check this out simply because of the fact that I'm going to be checking out the UFC fight, but I will give you the results, and I'll probably see some of the stuff that'll happen on YouTube. And you know how the shit goes. You know how they they show something on um, they show something on TV or YouTube or something like that. They'll show the full event, and it'll only be there for less than probably a week or two until Impact Wrestling decides to take it off the fucking screen. All right, so Impact Wrestling's No Surrender. I'm sorry, no, not No Surrender. Impact Wrestling's A Sacrifice is going to take place tonight. It says here, uh, March 5th. Uh, taking place over in Louisville, Kentucky. The home of Jim Cornette, Louisville, Kentucky. And that's going to take place over at the Paris Town Hall. Uh, I think that's a very prestigious place. I know about that place quite well. So here are some of the matches that are going to take place. Now, I may go ahead and just give you my predictions on how each of these matches are going to go. Now, we're going to start at the very bottom here. It says here from one all the way down to nine. Nine matches have taken place, and no doubt there will probably be some more matches already added as this recording is taking place. So, singles match for the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship. Mickey James, the champion, will go one-on-one. Uh, uh, actually, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Unless something changes, and I have a feeling it's going to end up being Chelsea Green. Uh, Mickey James will defend her championship against either Tasha Steeles or Chelsea Green. Um, now, obviously, um, and I, I don't know the full story because I haven't seen what Impact Wrestling has done, but I know that Mickey James is going to be the champion. I am looking at this as Tasha Steeles may get the match or maybe Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green could possibly be involved in the match. But let me let me reiterate on all this so that way everyone can understand where this is about to go. Mickey James will probably defend her championship against Chelsea Green. That's why who I picked to not win the match, but just win between Tasha Steeles and her. And then it's going to end up Mickey James retaining the championship against Chelsea Green. And the reason why I'm going with that is there's kind of this whole, I mean, and I kind of see it uh, on Impact Wrestling. There's some sort of twist going on between Mickey James and Chelsea Green, which kind of, uh, it's a reminiscence, reminiscence of Trish Stratus and Mickey James from back in 2006. So I can kind of see where that's going. But I, I pick Mickey James to retain the championship on Impact's 
sacrifice. Now, the next matchup coming over here this is an interesting one, and I'm looking forward to hopefully if I get a chance to check this out. Joan to go one-on-one against one of the members of Honor No More, PCO. Uh, this one's going to be an interesting matchup right here. Two very big men. Uh, obviously, the most experienced would be PCO because he's he's been around uh, the business a, lo- a long time. So this is, it, it, as much as I want Jonah to win, and I want Jonah to win, I think PCO is going to somehow win this. I think PCO, because there's there's always this tie-in with the no with the no uh, honor no more group. So there's going to be more to it than meets the eye. Let's see. It's a singles match, but this one is is extremely interesting because it, it says a singles match on the side, but it also says against who. So check this out. Rhino, who's going to be with Willie Mack, Ritz Swan, Steve Macklin, and Chris Sabin to take on Eddie Edwards, who will have Kenny King, Mike Bennett, PCO, Matt Taven, Vincent, and Maria Canellis. Now, obviously, I mean, and, and we already see this coming, and you know who's going to win this. It's going to end up, I mean, obviously Rhino is going to put on a good match against uh, Eddie Edwards, but it's going to end up being Eddie Edwards winning the match. I mean, because we, we know about the whole story about Eddie Edwards turning his back on Impact Wrestling, and now we know that he's aligned himself with Honor No More. So there's going to be an extreme good chance that Eddie Edwards is going to win the match. So this is kind of a no-brainer here. This one right here is for the uh, Tag Team Championship, the Impact Wrestling World Tag Team Championship. The Good Brothers of Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson with Chris Bay and Jay White in their corner to take on Violence by Design, Diener and Joe Dorian or Eric Young with and this is interesting, with G-O-D, Gorillas of Destiny, in their corner. So this should be an extremely interesting bout here. Obviously, I'm going to go with the Good Brothers in this one because it's the Bullet Club and Violence by Design. I, 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 I highly doubt that they'll become tag team champions, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do, but... We'll see what happens. I picked the Good Brothers to retain the championship. Moose versus Heat Slater. Let me tell you something, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Heat, well, he's called Heath, obviously, but Moose versus Heath. Heath, we know, is one of the former members of the Nexus from a long time ago, and he was also part of the most ridiculous rock group in the history of WWE. You know him quite well as the three-man band, alongside with Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, it wouldn't be a surprise if Moose... No, wait a minute. I'm sorry. It wouldn't be a surprise if Moose were to retain the championship. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But... It would make huge headlines if Moose were to beat, oh, I'm sorry, if Heath were to win against Moose and take the Impact Wrestling World Championship. Let me explain why. People have been saying for a long time that it should be time for, you know, for Hangman, I'm sorry, not for Hangman and a page. They have wanted to have Heath become champion for so long. 
Gen, uh, uh, and, and think of the members of 3MB. Drew McIntyre, who was more of a star than the two other two combined, became world champion. Jinder Mahal became the WWE champion, so he's in that level. And the only person that has yet to make any kind of success would be Heath Slater. So it would be interesting if Heath were to become the Impact Wrestling World Champion tonight. So I'm not going to bet against Moose because I think Moose is doing a tremendous job as champion. But I think Heath will shock everybody if he beats the Impact Wrestling World Champion. So as much as I want Heath to become the champion to kind of make a difference in Impact Wrestling, I think Moose is going to walk away with the title. I think Moose will definitely walk away with the title. The next matchup is for the Impact X Division Championship. Not division, division, if you know what I mean. Trey Miguel, who every time I see Trey Miguel, he looks like he looks like a lookalike version of Ricochet. Am I the only one that sees that? I mean, look at Ricochet and look at Trey Miguel. They practically look the same, except Ricochet's bald and Trey Miguel is not. But that's a discussion for another day. Against Trey Miguel will be defending his championship against Jake something. This one is, uh, I, I, I wouldn't go against Trey Miguel at this point. I think Trey Miguel is a great champion. I've seen what he's done. Um, Jake something is something. That's, that's all you can put at this point. So uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Trey Miguel to retain this championship at Sacrifice. We'll see how that goes. Next one is for a ta- is a tag team match for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. The inspiration, Casey Lee and Jessica McKay, to take on the influence of Madison Rain and Tanilla Dashwood with Caleb with a K. Why can't he just be called Caleb? We don't care if it comes with a K. It's Caleb. Or better yet, just see your ass out the fucking building. All right, we don't care about you. You are an idiot. You're stupid. You take selfies up the ass. But anyways, this one's not going to matter anyway, and in my personal view anyway, because the inspiration are going to walk away with the titles. That's, that's, all, that's all I can say about that. Not that I don't have a problem with the inspiration. It's just that it's them. They're holding on to the titles. They're going up against a former Impact, uh, not only a former Impact Knockouts tag team champion, but also a former Impact... Uh, Impact Knockouts champion as well. All right, she, she was a former tag team and Knockouts tag team champion. And Tanelia da- Tanelia Dashwood, she was the one that was known as Emma a long time ago. And while people, I mean, she can go ahead and claim all the stuff she wants to about how she was the f- she could have been the first woman to become the NXT Women's Champion, but it was Paige that won it and not her. Okay. And Tanelia Dashwood, here's the thing. She's sexy, she's hot, she's gorgeous, she can wrestle, but she's... That's it. That's all you see about her. There's nothing... Honestly, there's really nothing special about her that gets me to say, Hey, I want to see more of her. I want to see more of her naked. That's how it goes. But anyways, the inspiration is going to win. Casey Lee and... Jesse McKay, uh, Jesse, uh, McKay will do much, much better and retain the championship. Okay, singles matchup right here. This should be interesting. 
um, former member of the group known as the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley, will be coming out with Chris Saban in his corner. We'll take on one of the members of the Bullet Club, one of the leaders, one of the leaders, Jay White with Chris Bay in his corner. This is going to be a fantastic match. Alex Shelley and Jay White are definitely going to put on a clinic in this matchup. So, uh, Jay White's going to win it, obviously. You almost see that coming. And Alex Shelley is just going to put on a performance of a lifetime. J- Alex Shelley is a tremendous athlete. I love the Motor City Machine Guns. One of the best, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, in my personal opinion. On thing, I think Jay White will will do what he can and defeat Alex Shelley. It's going to be great. And the tag team match, it's going to be Honor No More's Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. These two are tremendous tag team to take on Ritz Swan and Willie Mack uh, on the other side of Impact. This is, this is going to be a no-brainer right here because it's Honor No More. And it's with Mike Bennett and, Ta- and Matt Taven, who have been a part of Ring of Honor for a long time. They were tag team champions. They've been champions in other promotions and everything, and they work well together as a team. So I look for them, Honor No More, to win the match against Willie Mack and Ritz Swan. While they fit perfectly as a team, they ha- I, you know, I think they've been around for a long time, but I don't know, I'm, and I'm, I'm looking at this as... You know, who fits what and how will it go and everything. So I look at Honor No More, Mike Bennett to Mike Bennett and Matt Taven to win this match at Sacrifice. So that is all the matches. No doubt there'll probably be a countdown show on YouTube or on Fight TV. So if you guys are interested in checking out tonight's Sacrifice, get a chance to check it out on pay-per-view on Fight TV, or wherever it is you find your favorite pay-per-views to check out Impact Wrestling Sacrifice. It's going to be happening later on tonight. I'm not going to be able to... (coughs) I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to watch it simply because of the fact that I'm going to be watching UFC here at my house later on today. So, guys, check out Sacrifice live as it happens on pay-per-view or on Fight TV. Sacrifice should be interested to check out. So Tony Khan makes an announcement, and he says, we have two of the three men in the very first Ring of Honor main event. Doesn't mention Loki's name. Guy's been canceled. So he brings out uh, Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels. I thought they had a great opening match. Danielson tries the best moonsault ever right into a triangle. Referee stops it. Brian Danielson wins, and then cuts a promo about how, you know, in the old Ring of Honor, we shake hands after the match. But I'm not in Ring of Honor, I'm in AEW. And he stomps Daniel's head in. Moxley comes out. They had this promo segment where, uh, can't swear on the air, but when it was over, I thought, man, S is going down here at this pay per view. I was so excited for this match when this was over. I cannot wait for Brian Danielson and John Moxley on Saturday night. We had the uh, Casino Battle Royal. Which is definitely more exciting than a geek battle royal, at least early. But uh, it did fill up to the degree where there was just too many people in the ring. But uh, they shot it. They shot a lot of angles for upcoming feuds that Dave couldn't remember a single one of. So maybe they shot too many angles. Uh, but uh, it came down to Matt and Nick Jackson against the returning Darius Martin. 
Guy wasn't winning, but man, they gave that guy everything. He even eliminated Nick Jackson, and then uh, Matt Jackson low blowed him, super kicked him. So the Young Bucks are going to the three way at the pay per view, and uh, hell of a return for old Darius Martin here. So top flight is back together. We had a Jericho promo about the Kingston match on Sunday. Then Santana and Ortiz showed up and they fist bumped Jericho. Jericho said, are we good? And they nodded. So there's more to come here. Then we had the CM Punk promo with MJF. And uh, Punk came up, or came out, and uh, it was a very interesting promo because he was not looking for a reaction and the fans just quietly sat there and listened to every word he said. And he said, I used to ask myself if I was a bad guy. And he did say, he did say, I'm not sure this MJF is telling the truth or not, but uh, but I believe some things happened to him. And it, speaking up took some courage. And he says, I did some horrible things when I was a kid, and uh, I didn't lash out at the world. He said, uh, this MJF has done terrible things to people. And he mentions attacking Dean Malenko, insulting uh, the late Brian Pillman, etc. He says, it's not my fault you're like this. So I want you to come out and I want to talk about it. So MJF comes out, he says nothing. And MJF talks about all these horrible things that he'd done in the past. And he said, I look in the mirror today and I ask myself, I'm a good guy. And uh, the answer I have is I'm trying. And he offers a handshake to MJF, but MJF shoves the hand aside and Gives him the big hug. And Punk is not sure about this, but he ends up giving the guy the hug. And, of course, MJF boots him in the balls. And he stomps a mud hole in him. Spears and Wardlow bring out the ring. MJF punches Punk with the ring. Punk's bleeding everywhere. They hang him with the dog collar. MJF cuts the same promo that CM Punk cut in 2006, I think it was, when he turned heel in Ring of Honor. He's the devil himself. And CM Punk is going to... He's going to learn that on Sunday. And so, at the end of the day, uh, MJF, it was a swerve, but uh, the story they're telling is that this is MJF's backstory. He's not making the story up. This happened to him. And he hates CM Punk because of it. And he lured him in. He tried to play to his sympathy and then screwed him, bloodied him up. And now they're having a dog collar match. I thought it was awesome. I don't know about the rest of you. Yes, Mike? Who was the person that didn't think this was awesome? I need to find that person, slap that person a few times, just have them turn on something else on their television because they will never love professional wrestling. Great pro wrestling, perfect build in a short period of time, realistically. And I know they've played the corners on this for quite some time, you know, with Punk coming in, but proof that this can be done in any promotion. Uh, again, if you have the right people in place and you treat things seriously, you give it some layers, this has been the best, I would argue, this is the best thing that AEW has ever done. I, I would I would actually go as far, and we'll see what the final match is. They've done a lot of great stuff. The build for this, the performances in this, the levels, how they have built it up and all the gravity they've given to it, I would argue that this is the best thing that AEW has done thus far. What I would recommend, Mike, is you don't sneak into your own DMs today. Thunder Rose and Mercedes Martinez beat Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. This match was weird. It was clunky. And uh, it didn't look like it fell apart, but it certainly was not a smooth match. 
and Thunder Rosa pinned Britt Baker. And uh, you know how things go. She pinned Britt Baker. Now I don't think she's winning on Sunday. I guess we'll see. Anything can happen. But uh, that was that. Then we had Wardlow destroying Cesar Bononi. And uh, just your usual. Just squash the guy. And uh, this leads to Rampage Friday. Sammy, Darby, and Andrade in a three-way for the TNT title. Even though Andrade just lost, he snuck his way into the TNT title DMs. Keith Lee in action. Serena Deep five-minute challenge. And uh, Christian Cage versus Ethan Page. Winner goes into the face of the Revolution ladder match. Revolution has Statlander and Layla Hirsch. And Hook versus QT Marshall. In the buy-in, CM Punk versus MGF Dog Collar, Danielson versus Moxley, Sting, Darby, and Sammy versus Matt Hardy, Andrade, and Isaiah Cassidy in a tornado match. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the women's title. Face of the Revolution ladder match. Keith Lee, Ward, Lawrence, Cassidy, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and either Christian or Ethan Page. Jericho versus Eddie Kingston, Jade Cargill, Ty Conti for the TBS title. By the way, you'll have to wait till the Brian Vinny show tonight. So I could talk about Jade's awesome promo on the show last night. She, I think, gave MJF and Punk a run for their money in that promo. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. And Hangman Page versus Adam Cole for the AW title. And that led us to the main event. Adam Cole, Red Dragon versus Hangman Page and the Dark Order. Uh, at first, Adam Cole didn't want anything to do with, him, uh, with uh, Hangman Page. Hangman Page finally lured him in. They had the big brawl. Then we had the blind tag to Alex Reynolds. Hangman was taken out, and Cole uh, hit Reynolds with the uh, super kick and the boom, as they call it, and pinned him. And then afterwards, the heels just beat down Hangman. They taped him to the ropes. They destroyed his friends right in front of him. Adam Cole super kicked him in the ropes, hit him with the belt. So a very uh, heavy heat angle leading into the pay-per-view. Not heavy heat enough that I believe Adam Cole has any chance of beating Hangman Page, but uh, they did the heavy heat angle to go off the air. And uh, overall, I thought a very, very good episode, very good go-home show of Dynamite. They had to do something. <laughs> they had to do something. They, 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 they Adam, Obviously, you would redo Adam Cole. I think you would redo how you debuted Andrade. I think you. I think there have been, you know, a couple of times where they've they've slipped. For as great as some other things are, there there have been some slips. And I think Adam Cole, unfortunately, has been a little bit of a, a miss here. Luckily for them. They have such big matches that don't have anything to do with the world title that even though, unfortunately, it's the world title match, so you don't want to actually say this, but it can be a little lower down on the card and it can be a, lower, a little lower down in everybody's minds on this show because you have so much good other stuff. But I hope they got something for, you know, I don't know what they have next for Hangman Page. You know, Kenny Omega's not ready to come back yet. I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, and I guess in theory you could continue on to do Adam Cole as well too. But Hangman Page, I think, would needs a banger of a feud. And I, I don't know what the deal is with, with Adam Cole, you know, right now. Uh, FTR and Fish and O'Reilly because of what took place on the floor in that tag after the tag battle royal. They look like they could be involved with each other. Uh, and Cole, I'll say this, he needs something strong and he needs something that people will be able to sink their teeth into because this has been a slip, I, I think, uh, ultimately how it's gone. 
when I haven't been, frankly, you know, Jay, Jay White, then the little bit they've used him and, and kind of, they've kind of done the same sort of thing. And I just, they have not maximized those guys, I, I think, in the best way they could. WrestleMania report. I am the main event player, the Super Seek. I'm Mean Gene Okalin with your WrestleMania report. <laughs> okay, not really, but uh, did sound a little bit more dramatic and everything else like that. So we've covered everything we needed to cover, and we are just about. Let's see. Uh, it's this episode's being released on a Saturday, so we are probably at 28 days as we speak so we are at indeed 28 days away from Wrestlemania so that's looking to take place real soon so let's see what we can do because right now I mean obviously we're going to give you some reports but also I'm going to give you some matches that are going to take place at Wrestlemania because some of the matches I predicted and it took place and I am looking forward to seeing What's going to take place at WrestleMania? Now, we know that WrestleMania is going to take place live Saturday, April 2nd, and also uh, uh, Sunday, April 3rd. That's what's going to happen. Now, there's going to be... um, There are already several matches, and, and I'm getting the idea that we've got... Okay, so check this out. So, <laughs> and I'm looking at this... On YouTube, or not YouTube, I'm, I'm looking at this on the Wikipedia page, and I'm seeing what's going to happen on night one and night two, and matches yet to be announced and everything. Now, even though these matches, I'm sorry, even though, even though these matches have already been announced and everything, we know what's about to go down. So, here's what's going to happen. Now, we're going to start with night one, okay? Charlotte Flair to go one-on-one against Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's going to take place there. Becky Lynch to go one-on-one against Bianca Belair for the SmackDown, for the Raw Women's Championship. And I think that's a huge mistake to have that on night one when it should be on night two, in my personal opinion. But however they want to do it, it's up to them. Hey, WWE wants to fuck up their shit. Let it happen. Let it roll and everything else like that. Also, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio will take on The Miz and Logan Paul. Like, anybody would give a shit about that. And I'll tell you this right now, and I'm, I'm predicting this. I'll say it right here, right now. I will be wrong at the end, but I'm saying this. Rey Mysterio will have a tag team partner, and it will be Bad Bunny. I see that coming along a mile away. And why I'm saying that, and I think I mentioned this on the Main Event Talk podcast last week on the WrestleMania Report, where... I can see Dominic and Ray taking on The Miz and Logan Paul, but it's going to end up The Miz and Logan Paul winning at WrestleMania, which would probably be the wrong move, considering no one gives a shit about The Miz or Logan Paul, for that matter. But if you give Bad Bunny and Ray Mysterio a run for their money and have them pretty much win at WrestleMania, that will work out perfectly and 
the crowd would react much more with Bad Bunny and Rey Mysterio than Rey Mysterio and Dominic. But however they want to do it is fine. But if they lose at WrestleMania, don't don't look at me and say, I told you so, because I would have already known about that a long time ago. So that's going to take place at not, at night two, or night one, I'm sorry, at WrestleMania. Now also, and this was just announced, and I predicted this match was going to happen, and it happened... <laughs> Drew McIntyre to go one-on-one against Happy Corbin with Madcap Moss in his corner. Now, is this a surprise? No. Did I expect it to happen? Yes. Did you expect it? I hope so. If you're listening to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but anyways, um, night two, and so far, I think we see all this coming. Brock Lesnar, the WWE Champion, will go one-on-one against Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Winner takes all match to the ununif uh, to the unified uh, to unify the WWE Championship and the WWE U- uh, Universal Championship. Which I I think that's just stupid, <coughs> but that's gonna happen at night too. Now, here are a couple of matches that have already been announced and. It's all set and taken care of, and it's going to take place. And I predicted one of these matches would take place. Uh, one, two of the matches were going to be were predicted by me and by other people, obviously. One, I'm I'm looking, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing this match, and I'm hoping that this match will happen. I'm I'm hoping that it will happen at night two, obviously, but I'm also hoping that this match should it should happen at night one, just to make it more interesting if you know what I mean but anyways the match that has already been set and it was talked about this past Monday night on Raw it took place it is official ladies and gentlemen Edge to take on AJ Styles and we saw what happened on Monday Night Raw Edge came out as a heel he beat the shit out of some people now here's the thing everyone has already been telling me and I quote Edge didn't turn heel he snapped Really? That's your excuse? You're going to sit here and tell me, oh, well, hey, I I didn't turn heel, I just snapped. So in other words, when I took that baseball bat and smashed it over Hector's head, you mean to tell me I didn't turn heel, I just snapped? You mean to tell me when I beat the shit out of that cop and threw him over the fucking bridge, I didn't turn heel, oh, wait, um, I snapped? Really? Here's the thing, guys. To all of you that know what wrestling is and understand everything that I tell you, if I tell you that Edge turned heel, he turned heel! And he did the right thing by going ahead and turning heel. It was the right call, because think about this very, very closely. AJ Styles was going to be the heavy favorite. AJ Styles was going to get the crowd behind him. And Edge didn't want to take the fans in because he knew, hey, he's the good guy. Everyone wants to go for him. I'll be the bad guy so we can make sense of this whole fucking match. And I know some people are going to say, well, he didn't have to really be a bad guy. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Here's why. Listen, there are times at WrestleMania where I would see something like The Undertaker and Triple H, right? Like, the second encounter, not the first one that happened at WrestleMania 17. 
I look at this as Edge did this because he knew that if AJ was going to be a good guy, he would have to be the bad guy. This is not going to be where respect or or admiration or any of those things are going to happen at WrestleMania. This is a matter of, okay, you're the guy that everyone thinks is phenomenal, and I am the ultimate opportunist, and I'm going to beat your ass at WrestleMania because it's my show. And take it or leave it, Edge does run WrestleMania. Am I right or am I wrong? Now, also, AJ Styles, keep in mind, and I'm going to put the list of accomplishments out there. AJ Styles' first WrestleMania match was with Chris Jericho. Now, despite the fact that Chris Jericho won, it should have been AJ Styles. I don't care what anyone says. Chris Jericho didn't have to beat AJ Styles. And we can discuss that another time. AJ Styles defeated Shane Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 33. At WrestleMania 34, he defeated Shinsuke Nakamura to retain the WWF Championship or WWE Championship. And then at WrestleMania 35, AJ Styles had a tremendous match against Randy Orton. And at WrestleMania 36, he had a classic Boneyard match against The Undertaker. And then at WrestleMania 37, I think that's a 37, right? Yeah, 37. At WrestleMania 37, he and Omos became the Raw Tag Team Champions. So at WrestleMania, Edge versus AJ Styles, this is going to be a barn burner. This is going to be the highlight of the night. They will probably have that for night two of WrestleMania. Nothing's official as of yet, but we know that match is going to take place. It's going to be interesting here. Also... For the uh, for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, it's going to be Queen Zelina and the most beautiful woman in all of WWE, Carmella. Here's the thing, and I'll say this because I can. Carmella, she's beautiful, she's hot, she's gorgeous, and Corey Graves is fucking the shit out of her. All right? But there are women that are way more beautiful than Carmella. That's just me talking. Okay, anyways. Queen Zelina and Carmella are going to defend their... This is... this, um, And if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> they're going to be defending... This is the first time they're going to defend their tag team titles at WrestleMania. And they're going to be defending against Sasha Banks and Naomi. <laughs> I'll make this prediction right now. 10 to 1 odds. Naomi and Sasha Banks will walk away... With the tag team titles. I know, I know some people are going to say, well, Sasha Banks has never won at WrestleMania. There's a first time for everything. So expect the tag team titles to be in the hands of Sasha Banks and Naomi. I promise you that that will happen anyway. Another match that's going to take place. Now, we know he's on his way. We, we, we got some more footage of the Pat McAfee show here in the Main Event Talk podcast. Pat McAfee is going to make his in-ring WrestleMania debut. And the question is, who is he going to take on? Now, everyone has been insinuating that he's going to take on Mr. McMahon. Now, I've said, and I quote, that there is no chance in hell... No pun intended. There is no chance in hell that that's going to happen. Now, to me personally, I think Pat McAfee could have a match against anybody. He could have a match against Austin Theory. That should be a great match, too. He could have a match against Sheamus 
That could be a great matchup. How about how how about Ridge Holland? That could be so. How about well, I don't think it'll happen. What happens if he has a match with Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Books? I doubt that will happen, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But nonetheless, that's what's going to take place at WrestleMania. It's going to be interesting to see where this is going to go and everything else like that. So to line up all the matches together, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go based on night one or night two. We're just going to announce all the matches that are going to take place at WrestleMania now. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio to take on The Miz and Logan Paul in a tag match. Drew McIntyre to take on Happy Corbin. Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns to unify the titles, which I seriously doubt that will happen. A winner-take-all match. Edge versus AJ Styles, Queen Selena and Carmella to take on Sasha Banks and Naomi for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Pat McAfee is going to have a match at WrestleMania. Now, uh, obviously, those are the official matches. That's what's going to take place at WrestleMania. Now, are there going to be any unofficial matches that will take place at WrestleMania? Now, here's the thing. Here are a couple of matches that I think will happen at WrestleMania. I may have mentioned them on the Main Event Talk podcast last week. Let me go ahead and talk about it right here, right now. Number one... Now, we know, and we got, we got to go ahead and get this out of the way right now, and I, I don't think I've bothered to mention this, but we have a new United States champion, and his name is Finn Balor. Now, he is scheduled to have, as a matter of fact, at Madison Square Garden today, I believe Damian Priest is going to have his rematch against Finn Balor for the United States Championship. Now... If the match doesn't happen, or say if something were to change, how about this, if you will? United States Championship should be decided, and it should be Finn Balor to go one-on-one against Damian Priest. But how about we have the Demon come out at WrestleMania? You can't get any more stupendous than the Demon. Have that happen. Now, I think that should happen. I think a future United States Championship match at WrestleMania, Damian Priest to take on, you know, Finn Balor, that should be interesting. You know, it may happen. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with the SmackDown Tag Team titles, but I think, and this is just my thought on this, the Usos should defend their SmackDown Tag Team Championship against the Viking Raiders. And that needs to happen at WrestleMania as well. To make things more spectacular. To make things more stupendous, if you will. But we'll see how the shit goes. But anyways, that's just a future match that I'm coming up with. Another match. The Intercontinental Championship might be decided and... Oh, dear God. Uh, <laughs> and just to... Just to get this part out of the way, we know that Sami Zayn is the Intercontinental Champion, and he is scheduled to defend his championship at WrestleMania. We don't know who his opponent is, but the scary part is, it could be Johnny Knoxville. So, if that happens, and if Johnny Knoxville manages to walk away with the Intercontinental Championship... Do you remember that moment in WCW history when when David Arquette walked away with the World 
heavyweight championship in his fucking hands. And he had told the world that he was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, God. I really don't want a repeat of that, but it may happen at WrestleMania. All I know is if that match happens, if it ends up being... And I'm getting this out. Sami Zayn to take on Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. I'm telling you this right now. I am pulling for Sami Zayn. You want to know why? Number one, I don't want to see a desecration of the Intercontinental Championship in the hands of some other moron. And no, I'm not talking about The Miz. I'm talking about Johnny Knoxville. We'll see what the fuck happens at WrestleMania if that happens. If that happens. The Raw Tag Team titles... They could be at WrestleMania as well. And I see Alpha Academy possibly going over there. Now, here's something that may happen. And I don't know. We, we, know, that Rand, uh, we know that Randy Orton had suffered an injury at, um, on Raw this past Monday when he took on the street, when they took on the Street Profits. Rated RK, uh, rated RK Bro. RK Bro. Now, um, well... If things go as planned for Monday, and because we know that the Raw Tag Team titles are going to be defended in two weeks, I believe it's next week, or this week to be exact. If things go the way I see it, and say, because we got RK-Bro against the Alpha Academy against Kevin Owens and, and uh, Seth Rollins. If they become the Tag Team Champions, which I don't think it'll happen... They may defend those tag team titles at WrestleMania. Now, and this is just me talking about this. I think that RK-Bro versus the Alpha Academy at WrestleMania would probably be the perfect scenario for WrestleMania. I think that will happen. Because I, st- I still believe that they're still trying to pull off. Trying to get, and this is also another match that has not been announced yet. And... Honest, honest to God, I mean, I hope this doesn't happen, but I still think, and I think a lot of other people still feel, that Kevin Owens is probably going to have his match against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, here's the thing. The idea of Stone Cold Steve Austin being at WrestleMania is not a problem, especially when it's over in Texas. Having Austin there would be great. It would be great for ticket sales. It would be great to have Austin there. It would be great to just see him anyway. And if he stunned somebody, it wouldn't matter. But... There, everyone has been teasing this idea as if though that Stone Cold is going to have a match with Kevin Owens. But to me, personally, as much as I would love to see Stone Cold wrestle, I would rather just see him just show up at WrestleMania. Just show up, be there, drink a few beers, stun some people, then end the night. That's it. I mean, I don't want to see him in a match unless he chooses to do it. Now, Austin has not wrestled. The last time he wrestled was WrestleMania 19. And that was, what, 15 years ago when that shit happened? It's been a long time since Stone Cold Steve Austin had wrestled. Now, him against Kevin Owens, if it ends in a squash, I don't have a problem with that. But then again, if that happens, you know what's going to happen if that happens? Let me tell you exactly what will happen. If Austin stuns Kevin Owens and finishes him off within seconds... The internet universe is going to complain about that. Yeah, you can, and I already see that coming if it takes place. Because, come on, Austin's going to be an attraction, okay? Austin showing up at WrestleMania is not a fucking big deal, all right? 
But if Austin were to win against Kevin Owens and ends like in 20 seconds or 30 seconds, I, I think even Stone Cold will probably agree that that's a bad idea. So whatever Austin wants to do is up to him, okay? As far as I'm concerned, I hope Austin just comes over, drinks a few beers, stuns a few people, shows up at WrestleMania, give the people what they want. That's it. That's that's all I can ask for. Anything else doesn't mean shit. So so let's let's put it down here. We've already talked about the matches that are, that are going to take place at WrestleMania. The Raw Tag Team Titles could be decided. The United States Tag the, the United States Titles will be decided. The Intercontinental Title will be decided. No word if there's going to be a Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin match. Nothing ha- ha- has happened at this point, so something goes down. Oh, and also keep in mind, there's still the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, so that could happen at WrestleMania as well. And there could also be a Women's Battle Royal determined to see what the fuck happens. But we'll see how all of this is going to take place at WrestleMania and much, much more. So. That's the official report as I'm putting all of this together. So, guys, uh, be ready for WrestleMania. And, of course, uh, and just to let everybody know, and I think you'll probably hear this at the end of the show, uh, we know that Vince McMahon has announced that he is going to induct The Undertaker in the WWE Hall of Fame. So that means we'll be able to see Vince McMahon induct The Undertaker in the Hall of Fame. And and it, it was no surprise. I mean, I, I mentioned that either it was going to be Shawn Michaels and Triple H or it's going to be Vince McMahon. I mean, one of those individuals, and that ex- that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what took place. So that's what's going to happen. So, guys, get an opportunity. Get your tickets while you can for WrestleMania. It should be great. And I know that a lot of people are going to be checking out WrestleMania as it happens over in Dallas, Texas. I'm going to be looking forward to checking out all these matches. There's going to be a lot of shit that's going to happen on the weekend at WrestleMania. That's why I'm going to have Monday off. I'm going to be I'm going to be preparing myself for April 1st. I'm going to prepare myself for April 2nd and April 3rd, and I'm going to rest on April 4th. That's what's going to happen for me on the weekend of WrestleMania. So, guys, get an opportunity. Check out WrestleMania live as it happens on pay-per-view, or you can get it on Peacock, however you want to do it. WrestleMania is only a few weeks away. We are 28 days away from WrestleMania, and hopefully right here in the Main Event Talk podcast, we will be doing a special a uh, special episode in regards to WrestleMania and a special episode in regards to WrestleMania weekend and the Hall of Fame and much, much more. Get ready, guys. WrestleMania is coming and we're all getting ready for the stupendous WrestleMania of all Okay, we got some of the latest wrestling news out of the way. We got some of the stuff we've all talked about and everything else like that. We've talked about Sacrifice earlier. We've talked about the matches that are going to take place there, which is going to happen tonight. Let's talk about Revolution. Let's talk about what's going to happen Sunday night on Pay-Per-View. I believe some of these matches are going to be a total of 11 matches, and I believe... and. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is going to be a, um, there's going to be two matches, I believe, they are going to take place in a countdown show, and the rest are going to take on a life of its own. Now, 
here's the thing. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if the if the W if the AEW World Championship were to be last because it's a World Championship match, but I think most fans would rather I think I would rather see this, you know, set aside like maybe a second a second to the main event, you know, and I and I think that, and we can all agree upon this. I think the main event, uh, for the main event for Revolution, should be the CM Punk versus uh, MJF dog collar match, and and we uh, and we're gonna actually have, believe it or not, the main event is gonna be covering all of these matches. We're gonna cover the ten matches that are gonna that are gonna happen right here. Now later on, now not later on, but right right after I get done talking about these matches, then we'll go ahead and talk about MJF versus CM Punk Don Collar match. You're gonna hear what took place this past Wednesday night on Dynamite, and then you're gonna hear my reaction and what I think about it and everything, and you'll know how this goes. So, these are the two matches that are gonna take place on YouTube and also take place on the pay per view as well. So this is what's going to happen. And this is going to be great for uh, for someone, especially this guy. He's going to be a part of the show, folks. Send Hook. He's going to go one-on-one against QT Marshall. And I think QT Marshall is going to beat the living shit out of Hook. Okay, everybody right away was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, of course I'm kidding. Hook's going to beat the shit out of QT Marshall. What the fuck is QT going to do? I'm surprised he's still there, you know? He would have done something else other than do that. The hook is going to win at Revolution at the Countdown Show, believe it or not. Uh, this next matchup is going to be interesting right here because it's going to be Chris Statlander going one-on-one against legit Layla Hurst. And um, I have seen a couple of these matches before, and legit Layla Hurst has won on, uh, I think, one occasion before. So I'm looking for Chris Statlander to win the match. And I think Chris Statlander, from what I understand, is going to go through some kind of change or, or something. I'm hoping that she becomes out as a human being instead of an alien, if you know what I mean. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Chris Statlander to win the match against legit Layla Hurst. The next matchup, the first time ever, we're going to see the TBS Championship being defended over at Revolution, I believe this is going to be the Countdown Show version. Uh, I could be wrong. It could be the first match of the night, actually. No, no. Actually, uh, as I'm looking at this correctly here, uh, I believe the two matches are going to take place. The first two matches will be on YouTube. But the the next match, I think this will be the start of the match, but I could be wrong. Jade Cargill will go one-on-one against Ty Conte, who has the most finest ass in the world, because she's from Brazil, and the fact that she's dating Sammy Guevara. We already know how that shit went down, so <laughs> so this matchup, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, uh, it, it's not going to be surprising that if Jade Cargill were to win the match, so I look for her to continue her reign as TBS champion, and I... Man, I and I gotta say this because it's true. If you guys have seen her matches, a lot of people are asking the same question: Why the fuck is he, she still TBS champion? I mean, even though she may look good and be tall and all this and the whole nine yards, everyone is saying, "Dude, get her off the fucking ring and take that belt off or something. Give it to somebody that'll actually be worth it." And honestly, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Jade were to win the match and hold on to the title. But I think that Tan K, Ty, Ty Conte should be TBS champion. 
And, and, and here's the crazy part. If she becomes a TBS champion, she will be dating a TNT champion in the same Turner Network in AEW. They'll both be fucking with belts on. But anyways, <laughs> the next matchup right here is a six-man tag team matchup. It's going to feature... It's going to fe- it's a, it's a six-man tornado tag match. No, there will not be any tornadoes involved in this match. Let's see. It's going to consist of Andre Andrade, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy to take on the team of Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting. I think, here's the thing. If you're going to think that Andrade, ole, 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 has, has, as Jim Cornette would say, and Isaiah Cassidy and Matt Hardy have a chance against Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. You got to be out of your fucking mind. This match is going to last probably more than 10 minutes, and it's going to end up Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Sting winning the match. It's done. Three-way match for the AEW Tag Team Champions. We know that the Jurassic Express are going to be defending their titles against Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. And then on the third opposing side will be Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks, which they won the Casino Battle Royale from this past Wednesday night on Dynamite, which is probably not a surprise. I would have loved for Top Flight to win, but that's just my opinion, my call, and everything else like that. But... There's going to be a friction. There's going to be a friction. You know where this is going to go. And it's going to end up with Jurassic Express holding on to the tag team titles. That's it. I, I, I don't see the Young Bucks winning it. I don't see Red Dragon winning it. Someone's going to screw somebody over. And it's going to end up the Jurassic Express winning the tag team titles. And, and it, that's it. That's completely it. Okay. Also, John Moxley go one-on-one against Brian Danielson. And I know Hector's going to be on the edge of his seat for that one. Um, this one's going to be tough to determine. Um, will it surprise me that Daniel Bryan will win over John Moxley? Probably not. But will it surprise everybody if John Moxley beats Brian Danielson? Probably not either. So in this match, it's going to be a great match, obviously. It's probably going to last about maybe 20, 25 minutes in the match. So I'm going to actually go with... I'm going to go with John Moxley. I'm going to go with John Moxley to win this match. And then somehow he's going to end up teaming up with Brian Danielson somewhere down the road and then find a way to win some tag team gold somewhere down the road, but we'll see what happens here. John Moxley to take on Brian Danielson. No doubt Hector is going to be pulling for John Moxley since he's a fan. We all know that quite well. This is the next matchup right here. CM, uh, CM Punk, I'm sorry. Chris Jericho to go one-on-one against Eddie Kingston. Um, here's how I see it. Chris Jericho is going to win the match and beat Eddie Kingston. That's it. That's it. That's all. Because here's here's the thing. I like Eddie Kingston. I think he cuts a good promo. I think he's great in the ring. I think he's a tremendous wrestler. I just haven't seen him win yet. He hasn't beaten anybody that I can recall. Except for the blokes and idiots that try to interfere every time he tries to cut a promo. But I'll be surprised if Chris Jericho does lose to Eddie Kingston. I'll be very surprised. But we'll see what happens at Revolution tomorrow. The Face of the Revolution ladder match. Uh Uh-huh. I see. So, 
This is going to consist of Keith Lee. Oh, dear God. Orange Cassidy. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Powerhouse Hobbs. They are coming in large quantities. I'm sorry. Ricky Starks. I don't have a problem with that. Warlow. Oh, shit. And it's going to be either Christian Cage or Ethan Page. Because uh, they're supposed to have a match on Dynamite. This is not going to surprise me if Christian Cage were to win the match. If Ethan Page were to win, granted that that could happen. I seriously doubt it. But I think Christian Cage is going to win against Ethan Page and then move on to, you know, move on to the next stage, and that is, you know, to uh, the revolu- the face of the revolution match. So, in this match, this is going to be interesting. Um, we, can, we can rule out Ethan Page out the window. Warlow probably will not win it. He'll be the obvious favorite, but he won't win it. Powerhouse Hobbs, I really don't see that happening. Orange Cat, oh God, don't even fucking put that shit on Orange Cassidy. Keith Lee, maybe, maybe, but it's kind of too soon for him to even consider going after the AEW World Champion. Ricky Starks, um, you know what? Besides Christian Cage, I think we'll go with Ricky Starks. I think he really deserves to win this match. You know? I mean, I don't know if he will, but think about this. Think about this. The obvious winner, if you know, and I'm mentioning this right now, if Christian Cage wins his match, which he probably already did, and moves on to Revolution, it wouldn't surprise me if Christian Cage were to win the ladder match, considering the fact that he has a lot of experience in ladder matches, so this will fit right up his alley. But the reason why I'm going Ricky Starks, I like the idea of a Ricky Starks versus Hangman Adam Page for the world title. And plus, you'll put you'll put Ricky Starks in a good position to go after the AEW World Championship. Now, he's not going to necessarily win it, but I think it would be great for his career. So I could either go with Ricky Starks or Christian Cage, one of those two. Because Keith Lee is way too soon. Orange Cassidy... <laughs> um, Powerhouse Hobbs, way too damn soon. Ricky Starks would be perfect. Warlow, I don't really see him winning it, even though he's the obvious favorite. And Christian Cage. I think Christian Cage and Ricky Starks will probably be one of the two to win the match. We'll see what happens. Next matchup will be Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, to take on Thunder Rosa for the AEW Women's World Championship. <coughs> All right. Here's the thing. If AEW is smart, which I don't know what will happen, but if AEW is smart, they will give the title to Thunder Rosa. Here's why I say it. I think if Thunder Rosa wins the match and becomes champion, that will probably be the most talked about match of the entire pay-per-view. 
if she wins the match. If Dr. Britt Baker wins, it's not going to be a surprise. It's not. It's just, it's one of those things where I'm just like, eh, who cares? And, you know, can we move on to the next opponent, please? And all this other stuff. To me, I, I think it would be better if Thunder Rosa were to win the title. And I think it would be much, much better if Thunder Rosa wins and these two have a rematch at the next pay-per-view. Now, if Thunder Rosa can keep the title... It, now, now, I'm not saying that Thunder Rosa is going to win it just yet because obviously she's the one I'm going to pick. But to me, I think it wouldn't surprise me if Britt Baker wins the match. Now, if Thunder Rosa were to win it and they get a rematch at, uh, say, uh, double or nothing, if Thunder Rosa can hold on to the title and if the crowd is truly behind her, then they'll go with it. But if they want to boo her and go for Dr. Britt Baker and cheer her on, well, then it would be interesting to see that happen. So, I pick Thunder Rosa to win, but it won't be a big surprise if Britt Baker walks away with the Women's World Championship. Now, obviously, the next matchup right here is CM Punk versus MJF, but we're setting that up for last in just a moment. The next matchup is for the AEW World Championship. Hangman Adam Page to go one-on-one against Adam Cole. Now, these two have had a long history together. You know, they've known each other since the days of the Bullet Club, days of Ring of Honor and everything else like that. This is one of these matches, like like I said, it, obviously it will be the main event because it's for the world title. But I think if they're smart, they'll have the world title defended Last or not defended last, I'm sorry, maybe to be the first of the two main events because the biggest main event of them all, CM Punk versus MJF. I mean, that's going to be the obvious match right there because that will be the last match to me. Because if, if, because if it ends up, here's the thing if it ends up CM Punk versus MJF at the main event of Revolution, then you've done extremely well, and it's going to be a great pay-per-view. But if you somehow manage to put CM Punk MJF in, in say, in the middle or or maybe a second of the main event or uh, uh, to the next match, then you're ridiculous, you're stupid, you're out of control, you have no idea how to fucking book. I'm saying, you know, because MJF versus CM Punk is way bigger than Adam Cole versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. Look, I don't care if Hangman is the world champion. You got to go with the bigger match. The bigger match would be MJF versus CM Punk. But we'll discuss more on that match later on. But this matchup right here, um, this is going to be one of those matches for the world title where obviously Hangman Adam Page is going to retain the championship. It's way too obvious. But Adam Cole needs to prove himself. Adam Cole not only needs to prove himself as a competitor. Well, he, well, he's a he's a great competitor, okay? that that That's really stupid of me to say. I'm sorry. Adam Cole is a tremendous competitor. He has won world titles all over, including in the WWE as well. Now, also, I think Adam Page, even though he's... I don't think he's ever been world champion that I can think of instead of AEW, right? And Adam Cole has won every world title except for the AEW world title. So, it won't surprise me at all if this match ends up with with Hangman retaining the championship. So, that could happen 
and it could be in there. And there's going to be some type of implosion. I don't know when. A lot of people have been saying that Kenny Omega may make an appearance at Revolution, but with all the injuries that he has had, and I think you might have heard this on the Mid Event Talk podcast, I don't think Kenny Omega will be coming anytime soon. So don't expect that to happen. So in this matchup with Hangman Adam Page and Adam Cole, I'm going to look at Hangman Adam Page to retain the championship. This match will probably last about maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, depending. And it's going to end up with Hangman Adam Page to retain the championship, defeating Adam Cole. And then after that, we'll we'll see who his next opponent will be somewhere down the road. So Hangman Adam Page to retain the championship to defeat Adam Cole at Revolution. Okay, guys, we are almost at the end of the show here. We just got done uh, taking care of everything with the... Uh, Revolution uh, pay-per-view coming up uh, tonight. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, coming up tomorrow night. I'm sorry. That's going to take place on March 6th and everything. And we just got, we also got done with uh, the sacrifice. You know about the whole thing with um, Tony Khan purchasing Ring of Honor. You've heard several of the stories that have been happening in the world of professional wrestling. Now we've got one more thing we got to take care of, and we got to take care of this today. And uh, this took place around Thursday, and I had a chance to see the full interview. Uh, (coughs) We had talked about this. Uh, The Pat McAfee Show. The Pat McAfee Show, which took place, and we know that Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon was a part of the show. Well, believe it or not, he was there. We saw the whole thing, uh, looked at it, and um, it was a great show. Um, Loved exactly how it went down and everything. So I thought the main event will take the liberty of going ahead and getting right into the show. Now, we're only going to show... Now, believe it or not, uh, Pat McAfee's show is usually about a 30, uh, a three-hour show. Probably more than three hours and everything, if you see it on, on YouTube and everything. He, he shows it almost every day. Uh, this interview with Vincent Mann was very intriguing. Um... There's, uh, you can see the full episode if you want to on YouTube, and you can also see the full uh, intro or the full interview with Mr. McMahon. As a matter of fact, the, the interview was going to be around about one hour and 24 minutes. That's how long Vince, this was at the very, very end of the show, by the way, you know, because we wanted to keep that, for, they wanted to keep that for last. So, as a favor, I wanted to go ahead and play you the clip that happened on the Pat McAfee show right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. So if you want to look for it on YouTube, here's what you do. You go over to YouTube and you look for the Pat McAfee show and you look for something that says, Vincent Mann talks his relationship with Brock Lesnar and Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and a couple of other things. Now, there there are a few things that you're going to know about on this episode. Now, I will tell you this, and it was announced, it was uh, talked about, and I had... I, had made this prediction right away that um, Vince McMahon, and you've already heard about the, this news uh, already, but just in case you haven't, Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, the chairman of the board, World Wrestling Entertainment, is going to induct The Undertaker in the 2022 WWE Hall of Fame. And this was kind of, um, this was kind of a give me when you think about it, because um, everyone has been insinuating, and, and, and you know what, I, I think I'll get into this in a moment. Let me, uh, I'll talk about the Hall of Fame in just a moment, but let's get into the interview right now with Pat McAfee talking with Vince McMahon. This is about the whole attitude error with, uh, with Brock Lesnar and with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin because he did appear uh, on the show and everything. Uh, I think I had part of the show 
on my uh, main event talk podcast last week. I think I I think I may have mentioned that, but uh, you know that's fine. But let's get into it right here. This is Pat, uh, the Pat McAfee Show talking with Vince McMahon about the Attitude Era, about Brock Lesnar, about Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is some interesting stuff. Check it out. Trying to figure out what the proper microphone setup was going to be, by the way. We thought about a table with a stationary <laughs> mic. We went with this one. Would, do you think we made the right move here? It wouldn't matter. Okay. <laughs> you knocked down either, either one of them. Brock also broke Yeah, Brock, those are the headsets that Brock threw up into the rafters. <laughs> so cool. Hey, will you explain that guy, Brock Lesnar? What a one of one that he guy really is. He really is. And an extraordinary human being. Yeah. A smart son of a bitch. <laughs> Good businessman. Good business. Oh, my God, yeah. In general, he's really fucking intelligent. Yeah, absolutely. And people that, you know, again, that's that you know, misperception. You have someone that big, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, he's a Neanderthal. Okay, he looks like a Neanderthal. <laughs> <laughs> Smarter than you, pal. <laughs> yeah, and he will listen, by the way, to everything you're saying, and then he will have his own. T- I, I've been very, you know, I've gotten a chance to learn about Brock now at this point and chat with Brock yeah. off air. What a, there's another guy that I'm like asking questions for, like advice from everything. I'm like, hey, can you help me in this particular situation? I love him, but the amount of superstars that have come out of the WWE, and obviously Brock gave you a lot of credit. He said on this show right there before he broke the previous one that you're probably going to break and then threw his headsets up there. He said, my relationship with Dana White, much different than my relationship with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is more like a dad to me. He taught me a lot of things. Now, he said there were some bad times. I made some decisions and he hindsighted it. But he views you as like a a mentor, a father. And I think you guys still chit-chat and go through that. And he gave you a lot of credit for why he's had success outside of the WWE, at the UFC. But you don't just think about Brock is awesome. I've I fucking love Brock. I'm very thankful for Brock. But if you go through the history of the characters that have been created in your universe, I mean, The Rock is the biggest star on earth right now. Right now. Stone Cold Steve Austin can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, because he's a Bill Goldberg. Now, obviously, he starts at WCW, but his entire career continues and grows even more whenever the WWF and the WWE get in there. It's like these stars that get created in your universe live on forever. Do you keep in touch with all these people? Are those conversations happening still? Some. You know, um, it's not like I forget people. You know, I love for them to stay in touch with me. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm busy today doing this. We're busy, I'm going to get it. I'm busy um, you know, doing other things. But I don't lose contact with those individuals you mentioned. You know, some that are further down the line. You know, I, I do. You know, I, I try to have, make sure our company stays in contact with them. That's a big part, right? Good graces is good business, right? Yeah, it's good business, but, you know, everyone um, helped pave the way to where we are now. And I'm always appreciative, you know, ever how small that was or how big that was. Always appreciative, you know, for everyone who ever stepped in the ring, you know, and helped us to get to where we are now. That attitude era was yeah. outrageous. Hey, mm-hmm. it was outrageous. That television was <laughs> insanity. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming down with a beer truck, oh. shooting that thing into a crowd. You, ah, Austin! <laughs> and, uh, we watched clips from the Attitude. What was that like? Was it just we're going to show up and put on the most insane show that anybody's ever seen every single night? Is that what the Attitude Era was like? The, looking Pretty back, much. it was again just so much fun. <laughs> it was like um, you being able to do this as opposed to the standards of a network, and no, you can't do this and you can't say that at all. You know, so we were able to. And at that time, think about in the eighties, it was. It was a wild west, so we added a little extra sauce on that, you know, and just had a blast. You ate a bedpan there at one point. Uh-huh. <laughs> right to the head. I so mean, Steve, before we're doing this, 
for 30 minutes, Steve is walking up and down the hallway. And I'm doing the you know, set up in terms of producing, directing, all the lighting, all that kind of shit. And, uh, and the first thing I was doing was Mick Foley with Mr. Sacco. So I, Steve's walking, I hear this like, I said, what, what have you been doing? Well, I was wondering whether or not I should hit you in the head with this bedpan. <laughs> What a business! This is your world, by the way. Yeah, I know it's a wonderful world. I mean, there is nothing like this world. I mean, it, it, it is it is so wonderful. Well, Mr. McMahon, I was wondering if I could hit your head with his bad hand. Why? It's a Texas accent. Well, he's then he starts hitting his head with it. You know, like I don't think it's gonna hurt that much, but this is fucking thing is thick as hell. <laughs> of course, when it's showtime, you know, you don't even think about it. Showtime, you just lay it in, and here we go. You know, it was that was fun. He, um, he said on the show during that era, we asked him a question, and I think it was the cement in the Corvette where yeah. it blew out. And he said before the show started, he said, the hand made the keys a minute, two minutes before the show started. I didn't even know how to drive it. But I fucking hit the Corvette because it's live TV. Right. Like, what is it about live that you love so oh, much? God. You're on the edge, and I've always said that nothing can go wrong because the audience doesn't know mm -hmm. what was supposed to happen. So, it's a lot of pressure, though, isn't it, to put a live show on two times a week for 40 years? Yeah, I know, but it's so exciting. You know, yeah, there's pressure, but that's what, you know, that's what you do. You live for that. You know, you live for those moments. And, you know, when something really great goes down, it's like, yes. You know, and it's like, you've seen a gorilla. You know, we've done something really, really good, and they come back through that curtain, hugging, you know, clapping and all that kind of stuff. Way to go. And other times when you don't do it well, that's not it's a different feeling. <laughs> yeah. okay, we'll see you next week, all right? I'm not going to say you with your son. <laughs> uh, Michael Cole, 25 years into this thing. Like, almost horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus just fell out of batteries, dude. Oh, my. Really? And you know that, too. Like, you know, the persona and everything is all well and good, but just a really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys get a chance to listen to the entire interview with Pat McAfee, with Vince McMahon on the Pat McAfee show, it was funny as hell seeing that. Um, I had left the house, or I had left work, and I showed up and everything, and, you know, everyone was talking about the news about Tony Khan, you know, showing up and everything, and, um, not Tony Khan, I'm sorry, um, Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor, and that's been the big news happening, and everything, and then all of a sudden... There's this part where uh, I, you know, I was watching some news going on. I'm not, not, well, it, you know, I, I would pay attention to the news. I do, but I try not to aggravate my fans about that. And 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 and, and the whole thing. I I know about the whole Ukraine thing and everything else like that. Look, I I, I it's not like I don't care about it, and it's not not like I want to mention it. It it just doesn't seem that important to me, and. Also, more importantly, I don't want to offend any people because it almost seems like when any, anybody talks bad about Ukraine or if nobody says anything about Ukraine at all, you're automatically labeled as a bad person, you know, but that's a, that's a discussion for another day. But get a chance to listen to the Pat McAfee show and get a chance to check out uh, Mr. McMahon and everything else like that. There's the full interview that you can check out on YouTube as well. You can say that. I wanted to show you the six-minute version because they were talking about the Attitude Era and they were talking about a bunch of other stuff that you just heard. Now, also, another thing that you need to know, and I didn't mention this, I probably didn't mention it on my WrestleMania report, but just in case you guys haven't heard, Pat McAfee is, in fact, going to wrestle at WrestleMania, 
and I do not think it will be with Mr. McMahon. But the thing is, it wouldn't surprise me if it does end up being Mr. McMahon. It wouldn't surprise me at all, because some of the unpredictability of what Mr. McMahon does is unbelievable. Some of the things that I heard on the interview, uh, we know that uh, Vince McMahon is going to be inducting The Undertaker in the WWE Hall of Fame, which is not a surprise. It's not a surprise at all because, uh, you know, and I had talked about this, where I see The Undertaker, you know, one, one of two things. It would have been nice if Paul Bear would have inducted him in the Hall of Fame, but as you guys know, he had passed away several, several years ago. It would have been easy to have Paul Heyman induct him in the WWE Hall of Fame because he had a lot to do with his career and everything. And also, um, another person that would have inducted him if, um, I would say probably anybody from world class, you know, somewhere around that, around that range. So the only few people that I can say that would have inducted The Undertaker in the WWE Hall of Fame would have been either either Vince McMahon, because he was at the very top of the list, or maybe Triple H and Shawn Michaels, you know, because of their historic matches at WrestleMania and everything. It would have made a lot of sense for them to show up as well. But either way, I mean, it was just uh, tremendous. It was just great of how all that went down. So... Uh, check out the Pat McAfee Show on YouTube. Check out the full version. You'll see it right there. And also get a chance to check out the Pat McAfee Show if you're interested in football and all sorts of sports and all sorts of wrestling as well. You can also check out Pat McAfee in action on SmackDown every Friday night. And it's going to be interesting to see what's going to take place with Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. Do not know who his opponent is, and we'll be interested to see as to who it is. I'll probably talk about my predictions next week on the Main Event Talk podcast to find out more information on what to take place at WrestleMania. Check out the Pat McAfee Show on YouTube and everything you should enjoy. It should be tremendous. And I was watching the Vince interview yesterday, and Vince is, uh, you know, he's talking about how I don't look. I don't. He says he doesn't listen to the positives or the negatives. He doesn't want to hear praise, and if he's not going to hear praise, he doesn't want to hear the the negative either. So he doesn't listen to the negative or the positive. He says, and he goes, I don't listen to anything. These these uh, you know everyone on the internet, people hold grudges, and I don't listen to any of it. And uh, listen, I'm not saying the guy's wrong, and I'm not saying he needs to listen to me, of course. But but you know, I certainly I do not read my mentions on Twitter because those are like the bottom of the barrel. And uh, I rarely go on the YouTube chat for this show because, ugh. but I do like the Twitch homies that they they pay, you know I forget what it is four ninety nine a month or whatever, or the people that pay twelve ninety nine a month and post on our board, I I do read that stuff, and you know some of it's positive and some of it is negative, and uh, the one thing I have noted is after you've done this for a while. You can you can really start to see uh, the, the negative comments. You can really start to see the ones that are just like this guy's an idiot and a troll, and uh, you can also see the ones where it's negative, but uh, the negative it's like it's like positive negative feedback where you can listen to it and you go you know what this dude you know he he doesn't like me or he doesn't like this show or he didn't like this segment but you know what he's right so. I, I'm not one of those people that says, you know, don't listen to anything. Don't listen to the positive or the negative. I think that, you know, if you've, if you've you know, been exposed to the positive and negative for a long time, you can start to weed out what's just some idiot troll and what's a person that, 
you know, they're a fan and they pay. And for the most part, they like it. But they have there's something they don't like. And there is something you can learn from it. Which, speaking of, by the way, Vince goes, Well, I've made a lot of mistakes that uh, I've learned from. <laughs> I was like, where am I for this interview? Because I'd like to say name one. I see a lot of mistakes that they just make over and over and over and over again. I could talk about this interview for an hour, but I don't waste everyone's time. But you know, he did talk about Saudi Arabia. You know what he said about Saudi Arabia? What's that? He goes, the Saudi people are just like any other people. And uh, it's very interesting when he said that, because uh, he also had another line where he goes, you know, uh, my job was much harder before we went public. Because before we went public, you know, and I had to fire somebody, and then, you know, you realize that their mother has cancer, or, you know, you, you feel for these people in your heart. But then you go public, and it's all business. <laughs> and there's like a brief shot of Pat McAfee's face. And like, I think he was trying not to sell this comment, but he, there was just a brief shot and I was like reading his mind. But I just thought, you know what? You're right. When you go public, you are beholden to your shareholders. But that certainly doesn't mean you can't have a heart. Like, you don't have to go public and then say that all these people you fired were dead weight. And I was thinking about the Saudi Arabia thing, and he's right. It's like, if you want to look at the Saudi Arabia thing, and you want to literally turn a blind eye to all of the humanitarian issues in Saudi Arabia, and just think, you know what? These fans are just like any other fans anywhere around the world, and they deserve a live WWE show. I mean, you can do that, and that's clearly what this guy is doing. He has a way of, well... You know, we are doing business with a really scummy government. But you know what? Those fans, those fans deserve a show. That's the way he looks at it. These fans deserve a show. And he looks at, you know, all these, you know, all the dead weight he fired. And, uh, and you know, Triple H, who's his son-in-law. But it's like, you got to look at family like it's, uh, you know, like you're running a business. These family members are just like employees. Which, you know, or independent contractors or whatever. So it's a very fascinating psychological look at Vince McMahon. I realize that I'm saying a lot of things here, and it, it, it sounds like he came off as, like, totally scummy. But he actually came off as, like, I don't want to say, like, a... He came off as, like, a guy. He came off as a guy who runs a business. But he just happens to uh, turn a blind eye to a lot of things, and, you know, anyway. Did you watch it? I, I haven't yet. I've, I've heard the Jericho Keith Lee one. I haven't heard McAfee and Vince yet, but nothing that's come out of this is any surprise whatsoever. Doesn't seem to be, at least. Seems like he's Vince McMahon. And do you blame him? I mean, for uh, it sounds like Vince is being Vince and telling the truth. Would you want him any other way? Would you want a promoter and a, a guy who... <laughs> certainly has done his you know level of things over the years and you know his sliding scale of morals i mean he's telling the truth he's telling the truth better than any other businessman here in america would be doing it you're all just numbers you're all just that's all you are if you work for me that's all you are and yeah maybe before it was a little bit more difficult because now you have that whole thing that everybody else hides behind everybody hides behind the shareholders we're beholden to the shareholders. See, this is about 
their money and we need their money to fund our money that way we give you jobs so sometimes we have to make these hard callous decisions and come on i mean it, it there was no it does not seem to be anything revelatory in this whatsoever other than maybe people for the first time are hearing this stuff about vince i saw some reactions where it was like you know vince doesn't listen to anything online like that's a surprise to anybody his circle is closed that's a surprise to anybody you know, that's the biggest sin in all of this, if you're a wrestling fan, is that he's done things the way he's done them for years and kept his circle tight, and it's been beneficial in a lot of ways. But you heard it with, you'll hear it with Keith Lee and Chris Jericho, and you've heard it many times. People are scared to death to even approach Vince now with anything because that's how fearful they are of their jobs. That's how tearing up scripts things changing on the fly minutes before a show, things changing after the show goes on, all this stuff and just the, the way that he is. I mean, again, no surprise for any of this. And I guess if it is new to you, then, well, welcome to the world of Vince McMahon. Hey, yo, Like a stripper, when it's out, you throw your cash at it. Hope I don't rat tat it from the hash and grass at it. I spit in mad rapid like I took a bad package. You pay tolls of the drummer, I easy pass that. But when it's time, a bad habit, let the back at it. You don't walk what we got in store. Keep your mother in law indoor when we walk outdoor. Them four paws of my pins, which is shopping for. You looked at your rims, was like, what I got them for? Cause I'm a brick city native, spit nice like Jada. Chic style invasion, private property and layer. Down for the count, so I'm round in the mouth. You say they town in the house, so I'm drowned in the mouth. That's like seeing Atlantic Ocean in a frantic motion. When I write, my hand is open, other one is catapulting on the white sheet. We fight to the white meat Spilling on your 325 IC and white feet I ain't saying I do it I got you that will I go to the Benz dealer Test drive it and pill I'll be leaked out like 50 before the pad up em. With ghetto chickens that can stash 30 bags up em. I'm at the club with boot camp Ready to bag some To take your like your punk ass never had nothing No, no chance to Everyone here works for me, I have them break too late Two arms and two of your ribs, for mistakes you make Then that you hate the hate that make you hate your face Don't ever under a mother of a town that like a threat You see that slip of bruisey dude, guess who writes some checks? Me, D-U, double M, double E, jab, I'll meet your dad My soldiers play the back, Magnum Wars Corporation Family business is what you face, son, we like immigration We send you back to where you came from, I display the real meaning of danger With a rusty gem 
star banger Or I have your baby mama flame ya I got away with shit that'll get you like But I only got one felony I could stick you twice From Brick City to Brownsville, New Yeti It is on like many years Gamblers bankroll, you soon be gone Hey yo, yeah. no, no chest no, in hand You better hell. take what's mine You're just too frail You can't beat me You ain't got no chance in hell You can't see me You ain't got no chance in hell Okay, guys, we are almost at the conclusion of this episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. Uh, just to recap with everything that has went down, let's review everything that has happened on this show. We talked about uh, Dave Lombardo being a part of Testament, so we got that out of the way. We also talked about uh, Tony Khan. He is now the new owner of uh, Ring of Honor Wrestling. I'd like to see where all this is going. We also discussed about what's going to happen at tonight's Impact Wrestling Sacrifice, which I mentioned earlier that I'm not going to be able to watch it because of the UFC fight, but we're going to see how that goes. We also talked about a review of AEW's Revolution, which is going to take place tomorrow night, which the main event will be covering, and we'll be talking about that as well. We also talked about... Uh, the whole angle involving uh, MJF and CM Punk, which was tremendous and everything. And we also discussed about the possibility of a future, you know, something that will happen hopefully right after the whole thing with MJF and everything continues on. We're going to see how that goes. Uh, we also talked about the, the Pat McAfee interview. Uh, we, oh, I, actually, before I talk about that, we talked about Vince McMahon. Oh, I'm sorry. WrestleMania report. I'm sorry. With all the matches, future matches that are coming up and everything. Uh, we talked about the Pat McAfee show, and you heard part of it. You heard the beginning of the of the intro where Pat McAfee was given an opportunity to wrestle at WrestleMania. Now, no word yet if it's going to be Vince McMahon, but it seems, and, and you just heard it from the Wrestling Observer, where they were talking about the possibility that it could be him. It could be a, a bunch of smoke and mirrors, as people have been talking about and everything, and it should be it should be tremendous and interesting to check out. Now, the Vince McMahon interview, if you've not heard the full interview, go over to YouTube and look for the Pat McAfee show and look for something of Vince McMahon. There's going to be several clips of it. If you want to see the full interview 
Or if you want to see the full show itself, just go to the Pat McAfee show on YouTube and you'll see it right there before your eyes and everything. It was a very interesting show. I love watching the Pat McAfee show every chance I get. Uh, the Pat McAfee show always, uh, it always comes out every Monday through Friday from, I think it starts at 11 a.m. or 12, uh, 12 p.m. to be exact, I think. All the way to maybe 2, 3 o'clock and everything. It's like a three-hour show. It's tremendous stuff. If you're a huge football fan, I mean, he's the man to go to and everything. And seeing that he's going to go to WrestleMania is going to be extremely interesting. So it's going to be great. Oh, and we also talked about several of the events that are going to take place over at Rich's Billiards. And several of the events are going to take place over at Boozer's as well. <laughs> including the appearance of Jeff Hardy, who will appear at WrestleMania. I appear at WrestleMania. Appear at Boozer's. I've, I've got WrestleMania in the fucking head. What do you expect? Um... Also, Malevolent Creation coming up over in Corpus Christi, Texas, over at Boozers, which the main event is looking forward to checking out that show. Also, the fact that, uh, what else? Uh, Emo Night, the two-night event that's going to take place. Also, uh, Michael Graves returning over to Rich's Billiards as well on April 9th. That's going to be tremendous and everything, so we're looking forward to checking out all that and so much more. So... With that being said, that's going to conclude this episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed everything. And also a big shout-out to the Wrestling Observer and also a big shout-out to WrestleMania for all the information that they gave me. As far, Well, technically, they didn't give me the information, but I just you know, happened to bring it along. And I wanted to mention them because, I mean, they do good stuff. WrestleMania does extremely good, well, good stuff on uh, their show on YouTube. So get a chance to check out their stuff on YouTube. Uh, it's called WrestleMania, and they'll give you all the latest info what goes on in the world of professional wrestling from AEW to the WWE and much, much more. Also, Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Simbravini. They do some good stuff as well. I love watching their show every chance I get. You notice I've never mentioned anything about Jim Cornette, but you can listen to the Jim Cornette experience alongside with Brian Lass, the great Brian Lass, if you will. On, I believe they do the drive through on Wednesdays, and I think they're doing the experience on Sundays now. Uh, sometimes you would get it on Saturday, but it's mostly on Sunday and everything, so should be interesting. So listen to that and everything else like that and much, much more. So, as always, follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at Instagram.com slash at Main Event Player. Go over to the Main Event Talk Facebook page at Main Event Talk 2.0. I have received over 220, yes, 220 likes on my Main Event Talk Facebook page and my Main Event Talk 2.0 Facebook page. And uh, we also have 200, I have more followers than I do likes, and that's kind of disgusting. You know what I'm saying? I would prefer I would prefer to be liked than followed, and there's a difference there. But anyways, 220 likes, and about 200. I think it's 242 followers. So, you know, I got an extreme I got an extreme good number of people uh, uh, keeping an eye on the main event talk podcast, uh, main event talk uh, 2.0. Not just uh, keeping up with what's going on in the world of professional wrestling, but I also like to put out some very sexy photos of some of your favorite wrestling superstars, especially when it comes to the women of professional wrestling. Everything from, uh, I believe I had a pic of uh, Gigi and JC of the Toxic Attraction. 
I'm going to have one with Mandy Rose later on. I also got another one with the <clears throat> the newcomer of uh, Nikita Nyland, Nyan, Lyons, or whatever her name is. The woman with the with the biggest... I mean, she makes Naomi's ass look jealous. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. That's just my thought of it. But yeah, everyone's been following my Main Event Talk Facebook page. And it's getting... It's getting hot and heavy every single time. And don't forget to check out some of the stuff on there. Not just uh, the pics on there, but you can also check out some of the latest info going on in the world of professional wrestling. And also you can check out my Main Event Talk Facebook, uh, my Main Event Talk podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Overcast, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcasts. And also don't forget to uh, subscribe to those podcasts and everything and keep up with everything that goes on in the world of professional wrestling. We are a few weeks away from WrestleMania. We know that Vince McMahon is going to be inducting the the Undertaker in the WWE Hall of Fame and hopefully we'll find out some announcements about who else is going to be inducted in the 2022 Hall of Fame. I haven't had a chance to talk about that yet, but I'm hopeful to talk about that next week on the Main Event Talk podcast. So it should be interesting there. So <clears throat> once again, follow the main event on Twitter, twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram and Instagram.com slash at main event player. You can also uh, follow the main event or like, if you want to, the main event talk 2.0 Facebook page at facebook.com slash at real main event talk 2.0. And if you want a friend request me and recently, and I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. Recently, I had a couple of people. One that is new to Facebook, and I believe uh, I believe she works at a place called Pockets over in Corpus Christi, right there by the cabaret. And uh, I'm not sure if she's an artist or something like that. And it's one of those things, that, and, and, I'll, and I'll mention this right now. I have this rule where I never respond to anyone that tells me hello. Never. You know why? Number one, I don't know if they're real. Or number two... Um, uh, they may be asking for something other than a hello, right? But when I check out your background and when I check out who you are, I don't want anything to do with you. But if you're safe and if you're truly active and if you're for real, you are going to get a response from me. And you and this person did, and I'll mention her name right here right now. I believe her name is Mindy. Mindy gets a response from the main event right here on my podcast. So Mindy... Uh, big shout out to you. I, you know, I said hello to you on uh, on Messenger and everything else like that. And hopefully, maybe sometime soon, I'll be able to head over to your show. Uh, they're supposed to be doing some live music acoustic settings over there at Pockets. It's been a long time since I've been over to Pockets. Uh, Pockets is actually right there by the cabaret on Leopard Street. So uh, it's interesting right there. So maybe... Maybe sometime soon. I mean, I, I I may come along and I may bring some professional musicians like Homestar Runner and uh, Matt Gungora, the Rob Arnold of guitar playing and everything else like that. Might bring along the best drummer on the planet, John Luna. And I know Johnny's probably thinking, dude, what about me? Hey, Johnny, you're in it too. God damn it, you're a drummer too. Relax. Everything will be fine. <laughs> Oh, shit, but don't worry, Dad, don't worry, Richards Billiards, I'm not going to switch places, it's not going to happen, you know the rules, the main event is sticking with Richards Billiards, and that's the way it's going to go, I ain't going anywhere, it's not going to happen, 
Okay, so anyways, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for talking. Get ready to check out tonight's Impact Wrestling Sacrifice. And don't forget to check out AEW's Revolution as it takes place tomorrow night. And the main event's going to be looking forward to checking that out and much, much more. And also, we are on the road to WrestleMania. WrestleMania is going to take place live April 2nd and April 3rd, night one and night two. We've got some more matches to talk about. Who else is going to be inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame? Uh, what other celebrities are going to show up at WrestleMania? Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to show up over there. Are we going to see him having a match with Kevin Owens? Is Vince McMahon going to take on Pat McAfee? We don't know. But we do know that the Main Event Talk podcast will keep you informed of everything that goes on in the world of professional wrestling and keep you on, on tune with everything that goes on with WrestleMania and so much more. And unlike some people, like the WWE, for example... You can go ahead and play that lame-ass music however you want to do it. But just remember, I requested it, and I'll say this again. Look, I want to get pumped up for WrestleMania. I don't want to dance to WrestleMania. So I'm telling you, put that fucking corn song on. Put that song that I've been putting on Instagram. I've been putting on fucking Twitter and Facebook. Put in that song, um, uh, Heal, Start the Healing. From Corn, that should be your official song for WrestleMania. You'll get people to listen to that song, and you'll get people pumped up for WrestleMania like I've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Okay? We're probably, what, 28 days away from WrestleMania? Get ready for that and much, much more. So, as always, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time in another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Next week, we should have a barn burner. We'll talk about sacrifice. We'll talk about revolution. And we'll talk more about WrestleMania in the weeks to come. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. And before the main event goes ahead and goes, I have one more song to put on. And usually I would go ahead and put in the usual Motorhead song, but I'm getting prepared for Revolution tomorrow night. So I've been putting this on my reels. I've been putting this on my Facebook, and I hope you enjoy it, too. It's a song from Dope called Bastards. Get ready for revolution as it happens live this Sunday, only on pay-per-view. This is Dope with Bastards. Take it easy. See you next week. Let's start the show. Sold out your old friends and me 
Yeah, the